The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com. CIC Powerbox, wherever you go, go with power. Welcome to the Bartender Rant Podcast. I am your host, Steve Haley, and for the first time in a long time, I am back in the pool room studios. That is right, people. Back at the Bonnie View Mansion, where this whole beautiful thing started, where this community was first birthed, I am here in the pool room studios. Unfortunately, I am without my uh, favorite co-host, the most beautiful man in America, Michael, in person, but I see him smiling from the other end of this video feed, and I can't wait to introduce him. Here he is, flipping me off. Like Johnny Cash on a poster that used to hang on my wall, your favorite co-host on this podcast, Michael Windsor. <laughs> you say you're in the pool room studios, but it looks like you're in a dungeon right now. I mean, more or less. Uh, that's how I feel um, now that I'm, I've moved back in this house. Don't get me wrong. I love this house. It's like did, they, did they put you in the basement? Is that what happened? Right back in my old room. Right back in my <laughs> old room. And uh, you know, the thing that uh, that people need to understand about this house, and we haven't I don't think described the the Bonnie View Mansion very often on this pod. I know we've referred to it, but maybe not described it. the The craziest thing about this house is it looks like a mix up between like a Walter White meth lab and something that you know. Uh, 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 who's the Lloyd Wright? Stephen Lloyd Wright or Francis Lloyd Wright? The guy that created Falling Waters. Like it looks like that house mixed with some type of like. Uh, drug den it's a crazy place um it, it could be also considered to be like the house from boogie nights without anybody having sex in the driveway it's a weird building and so it all kind of looks like this dungeon 70s bungalow coke den i i, I don't really know how to describe it's it it's a nice spot when i first went there i literally turned to you and i said are you sure you're supposed to be here because no, it, re- no, it really is a nice no, spot not. I, I still and there, think it's, there I still is think it's sex robbery go- there's, there still is sex going on in the driveway. It's just between foxes and not people. That's right. Yeah. I'm glad like three people in the audience get that reference. And I'm so happy with how smooth this intro is going. Thanks for letting just me like unpack all of them. it. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, Mike, without further ado, happy to be back doing this with you again, man. It's been too long, but it's nice to see your smiling face. Tell me a little bit about what's new or tell the people about some of the fun stuff you and I have coming up. Yeah, what's new? Something I do want to shout out is I went to see uh, the Black Angels in Lawrence, Kansas. And if you like psychedelic rock, please go check out the Black Angels. They are incredible. They put on such an incredible show. Um, luckily, I made some contacts there for the podcast. So cross your fingers. Um, and then additionally, Steve and I, the Bartender Rant podcast is Tell going em. to Las Las Vegas. That's Sin right, City, baby. baby. The <laughs> Vegas bar crawl is on the calendar. The plane tickets have been booked. I might be flying spirit, but I'm sure I'll get there in one piece. It's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be. If a you real don't, good if you don't get there in one the piece, sh- should I should I continue the podcast either way or? Yeah, please do. Honest to God, um, <laughs> I've talked enough for a lifetime of shows, so you could probably no. finally get a word in elsewise. I couldn't um, do it, Steve. No, but it's gonna be fun. Mike will be out there for the SEMA show uh, for work, so I'm gonna go out and join him. We're going to do a couple pods, meet a couple cool bartenders. Obviously, Vegas is, uh, you know, being Sin City, has a lot of great personalities behind the pipes, and we think that it's uh, it's going to be a great opportunity for the show. Mix it up with a, 
a new ecosystem. You know, we we've obviously profiled a lot of people from Kansas, Joplin, Missouri, um, a lot of people from Baltimore, Philly, uh, you know, DC, a lot of a lot of kind of areas where Mike and I have roots. But it'll be nice any chance we can get to travel. So um, we're excited to bring that to you guys. Be looking out for that. We're going to do a ton of shows with some bartenders out in Vegas. Um, and just think, the more you support the show, you more you can send us around the country. Keep those stories coming <laughs> and keep that happening. I hear Mike chuckling, but I'm just going to keep speeding through this intro because I love how fast we're going. I want to get to our guest. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. That middle finger went back up. What no, do you it's want? The, it's, it's what the do you index. Want? No, we do need to say, if we're going to stay true to form on the last episode, if we ever release it, uh, we had some audio issues, so we're trying to get that worked out. I got a little drunk. Mouths are gape around America. They're shocked. They're shocked. Got a, got a little slurred there. Well, we told the people that if we got drunk on an episode, there could be some penalties. So if we, this is if com- we hold on. If we got drunk, yeah. If you get drunk, you get a penalty too. Sure, but did we get drunk or did you? I'm get not drunk? saying that you did. I'm saying that I did. I'm ah, just talking in generalities. I just want to hear works. your dirty little whore mouth say it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess if you want to humiliate or embarrass me, I guess I've put myself uh, in that position. I don't know. Some of the suggestions were like I have to do a mukbang or a stupid uh, TikTok dance. I don't. I'm afraid to say like like the one chip challenge or any of the other stupid internet challenges that prove that we're in a culture in decline. Just, I guess, you know, write in and tell us what you want to see me do. And I'm going to be honest, it might be behind a paywall. You might have to subscribe to our OnlyFans in order to get that content. If it involves it. a banana hammock, it's going on the paywall, people. Trust me, you ain't getting no, that No, nothing like free. that. And I'm not taking, I don't even like, get 10 that shots. I'm right. not doing 10 shots of the dome. Nothing that's going to hurt Send, my liver any more than hey, it already Hey, you is. made me do 10 shots of the dome, you son of a I didn't make you do anything. 25. Look, if you got any submissions for what Mike needs to do as his penalty for getting drunk on uh, Bree's episode, please send them in to the Instagram, send them into the Twitter, send them into the Facebook. Uh, let's let's come up with something creative, people. Come on. Um, look, without further ado, I'm going to get right into it. Mike, that was a good uh, interjection there. I'm glad uh, glad you added that. But I want to keep this moving along because we have a great guest for you tonight. Speaking of, I forgot to ask him what name I'm using. And now I'm staring at him right now. Am I allowed to use the name? The name. The name. The full the name, name? The full name. The full name. God damn. All right. That that magical, sexy, Barry White level voice that you just heard in the background is about to be introduced to you. But before we do that, a couple quick things. We're not going to do too many updates as always, but we want you guys to know we love you. We thank you. You are the reason we do this show. Um, if we didn't have listeners supporting us, telling us um, how much they relate to this, how cathartic this is to hear people talk, um, like we really talk in the bar business to tell the true stories about being behind the pipes, Mike and I wouldn't be doing this. Look, we're struggling. We we both have full-time gigs, full-time lives that pull us in every different direction, but we are passionate about bringing you guys great stories, and we're going to keep doing this because of how much support we get from you. On the same note, please help us grow the show, and there are ways you can do that, right? Um, you can always, always uh, listen at the end of the show to our outros, which are a ton of fun. Usually at that point, Mike and I are pretty wasted. We get a little <laughs> twisted with it. But we give you the full breakdown of how to support us on social, how to get some of our more merch, when you can join us for the industry night happy hour, the first Monday of every month, how to get all of our BRP playlists, and, and how to just get more involved. If you want to be a producer, you want to help with our social media, you want to help design things, you want to help with the, uh, the herd card game, a lot of fun things going on, so please listen to the end of the show for that Which, and help us grow uh, this amazing community, bring this show to more people. A fun note, 
this next industry night where we do just a Google Hangout and anybody can log in, we'll be in Vegas together. So that'll Whoa. actually be a fun one. Well, this probably won't be released by then. Maybe no, it will. We should just, uh, we I, should, I hope you were there. We had a great time. We should just do it on FaceTime <laughs> as we walk around a casino and try to pick up hookers. That would be fun. <laughs> you don't um, have to try to pick up hookers. You just have to have the money. That. <laughs> but neither of us do. Okay. Do you think Please we could support scrap the show. enough money we... together to share a hooker? We, we could share a hooker. God. I would share I would a hooker never. with you. I would um, watch you just have a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, before we move on, last thing as always, we like to have fun, but remember, if you're struggling with mental health or any type of substance abuse, please reach out. Send us an email. We are not professional counselors, but we are happy to talk to you. We're happy to help. We've dealt with a lot of these same things. This business is crazy. It drives people crazy, and I think uh, we all, um, in some ways, self-medicate to cope with what we're dealing with. Uh, So please reach out if we can help, or listen at the end of the show. We have additional professional support lines that you could reach out to. We want you guys to be happy, healthy, and coming back to join us on the next episode. So please look for those or listen for those resources at the end of the show. Is that it? Mike, do we have anything else for the people? I think that's it. All right, let's get right into it. We have an unbelievable episode. We have Dwayne Donaldson. That's right. Chocolate Donaldson, double D. And he is here with one of the most interesting cocktails I think we've ever had on the show, the Nightcap. We're going to tell you a little bit about that, that, how that drink came about. We're going to tell you a little bit more about Dwayne's amazing stories. Without further ado, Dwayne Donaldson, everybody. All right, we are here with Dwayne Donaldson, and he has brought to us the Nightcap Cocktail. Dwayne, how are you doing tonight? I can't complain at all. I must say it's a pleasure to be here. It is a pleasure. You know, Just wait. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I don't know if we can shake Dwayne from his smooth exterior. From the day I met him that he came and sat down in my office, I was like, man, this guy is smooth. He, he, he has a buttery quality about him it's hard to <laughs> rattle this man i mean i think the few times that i've seen you rattled are uh when you're what is it prime time or showtime when showtime. you're turning up showtime showtime Dwayne, when you're turning it up and that's less rattled and that's more calculated uh chaos right you know going into 7-eleven and teaching people about hot dogs absolutely teaching them about the glizzies <laughs> surprised you remember that Oh, dude, that's one of my favorite stories about you. Maybe we'll even get into that on the show. But the other time is when somebody uh, somebody steps to one of your people, and that's when it's the slow, rumbling volcano, Dwayne. But yeah. any other time, man, you are smooth and cool as a cucumber. And so I've always been uh, – I always thought that you would be a great addition to the show because you will juxtapose my crazy and Michael's asshole. And so it's going to be a good kind of balancing act between the three of us. But how you doing tonight, buddy? I can't complain. You can't I, complain. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. And he's very happy, really to, be happy here. to be here. This is awesome. <laughs> I, I'm so happy to have you. Now, tell me really quickly, what motivated you to come on the show? I know I told you a lot about it, but I kind of sprung the invitation on you out of the blue. Yeah, I mean, from the first time that we met, I, you told me that you had this podcast, right? And it was all about, you know, the service industry and how everybody comes together, you know, just talking about it, right? Um, I, for one, love talking about the service industry, and I, you know always found that it would be super fun to be able to come on the show and just, you know, really chat about it all, let everybody in and just, you know, expose the madness. Yeah. And now, you know, wait, go ahead, Mike. I've, I've got a question. So you said from the first time you met Steve, he told you about the podcast. Is that, is that how he introduces himself? He's like, Oh, hi, I'm Steve. Yeah. No, I've got this he, podcast. No, he <laughs> Would you like we, to be on it? We talk about I'm the service industry. I'm interested to hear so. Dwayne's response to this. We, <laughs> we had an exchange of words. Um, when I, when I first met Steve, I, I you know, I came in, 
and you know I was pretty much just asking for a bunch of stuff you know what I mean we, <laughs> we, we've just had you know just these really level conversations from the first day that we've met and you know it ended up coming out after I you know asked him for a duck pin uh, neon light after only knowing him for about 45 minutes um, and then he told me about the podcast and I was like Dude, I'd love to be there. Yeah, I really yeah. would. And and I think the other thing is, um, uh, Dwayne has a similar uh, sense as me to be candid, no matter who he's talking with. And I've seen this not just with me, but with others, where um, he doesn't necessarily tell his whole life story, but he will be uh, open about very creative parts of him. He loves to talk music. He loves to talk about theater. He loves to talk about art. He loves to talk about anime. And so I sat down with him for the very first time. And we, you know, I, I think I can share with them. We met for an interview. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's how we met. You know, I fe- found his resume online, brought him in, thought thought he might be a really good fit. He sits down and, uh, and, and the first question I ask you is, forget about the resume. Tell me about you. Right. And Dwayne started telling me about, I'm from Georgia and I surf and I like theater. And I'm like, who the fuck? Like. Not what I thought he was going to say. So um, he has a flair for the creative. And so I knew that he might appreciate this medium, you know, and, and, and to, to his credit, I was right about that. And um, it just hasn't been the right time to bring you on. And then I sprung it on you like 48 hours ago. Yeah. And true to form, unlike most of our guests, Mike, which we have to literally hunt down with a fucking net to get them on the show. So I was like, yeah, where do you, when, when do you need me? I'm good. <laughs> what time? So, um, it was easy. Plus, uh, I make the schedule, so that helped too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we know why he's really on here. <laughs> yeah. to, to air his grievances, yes, yes. We're not gonna mention the employer on this podcast. Though. Let's be very adamant about that one. All right, I'm stealing too much of the spotlight. Dwayne, um, tell us a little bit about uh, first and foremost the drink you brought for us tonight. Okay, um, you call it the nightcap. Tell us, tell us. How you made it, where the concept came from, a little bit about the drink. Okay, so um, the concept of the nightcap pretty much just comes from wanting to get drunk without <laughs> doing too much, right? Um, I'm a college student, so I love to drink, and I love to drink to where I'm feeling good. Um, but I also have a lot of like mixology experience, so I, I kind of wanted to, you know, accentuate that. You know, if that makes sense, I just really wanted to make it something special. How can I make myself a drink that's going to be good for me and good for other people, but still takes it to the next level? Um, So the nightcap was something that I came up with um, after a long day of making a bunch of dirty gin martinis. And I just started mixing things up, right? Now, at this time, High Noon wasn't necessarily out. Yeah. Um, This was back in like 2020, if that... uh, This is like right as they're hitting. Yeah, right as they're hitting, right? You know, before, you know, any reps or anything like coming out. Um... And I said, you know, I love a high noon. I would like to drink this every day, but I won't. But, I, you know, I, I, I still made the drink, um, poured it in a glass, decided I was like, okay, how do I make this stronger? I said, all right, let's 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 put a shot of gin in it. You know what I mean? And It's fruit. It's it's fruit, you know what I mean? It's, it's bubbles. It's bubbles. It's It's got the best of the both, best, best of both worlds, honestly. You really can't, like... I, I can't see anybody having any quarrels with this drink. You know what I mean? It's something that you can sip, but it still has bubbles, so you can, you know, drink a good yeah. bit of it. Um, but all in all, it's a great drink, and I can't wait to share it with you guys. Now, I have to I have to put the screws in you a little bit. A little bit. 
So you said you're a college student. Yeah. And high noon comes out. Yeah. And you're looking around for a drink that'll taste good, but it can turn it up a little bit. Yeah. I have to think that some of the reason we reached for a high noon here is because that's what was around. Right? That that is that is the case. That is the case. Right. It almost feels like this. What I guess I'm trying to say is this drink almost feels like a great chef made a great uh, uh, dish out of leftovers in his fridge. You know Absolutely. what I mean? It's like, Absolutely. all right, what do we got tonight? Okay, we got one high noon. We got a half a bottle of gin. Fuck, give me some bitters. You know exactly, what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I kind of felt like. Uh, Remy from Ratatouille making you know okay. great dishes out of trash. You know what I mean. So <laughs> this is one of those things that I'm very proud about. I didn't think we were gonna talk about this, but has anybody seen? Has any of the two of you seen the press conference from New York about how the rats are taking over the city and we're not gonna allow it? No. Where they said rats don't run this city, we do. This is the mayor, Eric Adams. This is literally at a podium with his like health and hygiene spokesman, and and they're saying. This is not Ratatouille. Rats are not our friends. <laughs> no, we got to post it, Mike. It is the most ridiculous, ridiculous press conference I've ever maybe, seen. Sorry, maybe you it's said the time. We, just... Yeah, we need to bring the uh, Mad Ratter back out, ah, of out of out of it, out of retirement for sure. <laughs> the Mad Ratter was a BB gun that Mike and I had when we first moved to Baltimore. Really? We used to sit out on the back deck, drink bottles of Pikesville rye whiskey, and shoot rats in our back alley. With this BB gun. I know a lot of you animal lovers, you PETA listeners out there, you're saying, what a terrible person you are, Steve and Mike. But here's the thing. Rats don't run this city. <laughs> yeah. They are not our friends. No, no. In all seriousness. No, can I, can I, can I be, can I be serious here? Um, if you've ever seen a Baltimore rat, they're the size of a football. They have a pelt three inches thick. Those BBs weren't doing shit to those rats. They'd go, ee, and then they run away. That's the entire transaction. It was more of like a game of tag with the rats than anything else. But it, we had a good time. We had a good time. Whiskey-soaked BB gun shooting. I believe it. <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, let's get back to the drink. So you come up with this cocktail. Mm-hmm. It's simple. It's high noon. It's gin. It's bitters. Do you have right. a preference on the gin that you like to use? I typically use something a little bit more floral, so I would usually go with like Hendrix or Bombay Sapphire. Okay. Um, I definitely like the dryness that Hendrix brings into the yeah, cocktail, for sure. just simply because it doesn't necessarily interfere with the high noon, and then it goes really well with the uh, with the bitters. Um, so with that being said, I don't necessarily have a huge preference, but there are things that work better. Okay. Um, so tonight. We're using some shitty gin because you know what? It's like leftovers. It's what we had on hand. If you're out there, you can get your hands on a bottle of Hendrix or maybe even the botanist, um, something nicer, bathtub gin, Mm. you know, anything like that. Or if you're a Baltimore resident, you got some shot tower, Mm -hmm. go crazy. Any more floral gins are are really going to be better. Obviously, Dwayne mentioned Bombay Sapphire. That might be my play if I'm putting this drink together. But tonight, we're just going to use the shitty Seagram's off the back rack at the liquor store. And I'm sure it's going to taste great. Oh, oh, no yeah. way. <laughs> no way. Same, it's the Spider-Man bottle. meme, dude. <laughs> Spider-Man meme. Um, um, uh, how much was so, yours? How much was yours? Uh, probably cheaper than Baltimore. Now, I do have no, a No, no, no. Let's do it. This was six ninety nine. I think mine was like 5 bucks or something ah, like that. Fuck uh, the planes, man. <laughs> fuck the planes. I stole it. I stole it. Uh, so you, uh, you, and you're choosing uh, the Lime High Noon, right? We did choose the lime high noon, but I could only find grapefruit because the store oh was God, sold no. out. I've got, I've got the lime. Well, that was what I was going to ask okay. because because gin is such a – you can get all these – just like Hendrix, what, it's got cucumber, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it has a very distinct taste you know, among gins. I imagine it, it reminds me of the kombucha drinks from uh, 
the uh, from Duke to where I feel like with all the different flavors of high noons, you can mix in a lot of different types of gins and get a similar concoction, but very different at the same time. Hey, hey, are you talking about the Duke Hila's, hun? I, I have a yeah. Duke Hila right now if I could, but I'm going to have a knock cap instead. No, I'm just saying it just reminds <laughs> me of the same way that you can no, change right. with all the you're, different flavors, but still have the same right. drink, but absolutely. different different uh, variations. You're absolutely right, and I like the idea of bringing together um, drink. I think maybe sometimes in the bartending world, we feel like we have to reinvent the wheel. How am I going to throw this amalgamation of different alcohols together and create something anew? And I like that we're taking kind of an already established thing in High Noon, and we're going to spruce it up. We're going to we're going to make High Noon better. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to fix High Noon tonight. So anyway, <laughs> Dwayne, why don't you mix us up a few of these? If you're listening in the audience, you know what we always say. Um, stock up, listen along, and always drink along. So let's... Get our Something ingredients like together. I know. I'm going to say it again in a second. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> I jumped the gun. All right. Dwayne is going to teach us how to make it. If you're listening along, he's going to give you the skinny. All right? Awesome. So typically we start off with a nice rocks glass. Um, or you could do a pint if you want to use the whole entire high noon. You know, I exactly. You know, I fully recommend it. <laughs> Just going to throw our ice into the glass here. Let's get that in there. Sorry, I'm using my hands, but it's okay. Then we're gonna go in with a nice three dash of Angostura bitters. Awesome, awesome. And then we would wanna stir that up just to kind of dilute it a little bit. Get that water in there. Make sure it's not too bitter. Pardon the sound. No, we like it. No, we like it. ASMR, ASMR yeah. <laughs> You're the first guest I think that's known what we're talking about. Everybody else thinks we're talking about a sex act. Oh God. I mean, it kind of is a sex, act, a sex act in some weird way. I'm sure there are some weird ASMR people out there like Michael. Awesome. That's, no, that's not me. So we're going to hit it up with about an ounce and a half of Seagram's Dry Gin right now just because we don't have the Hendrix. Let's do that. Put that in. Oh, yeah. A little right. extra splashy. Yeah, a little extra splash, right? For good measure. That's fine. That got away from us. I'm going to stir that up a little bit more just to kind of incorporate the gin and bitters. And then the color you're looking for this. One thing about bartending is you definitely want to pay attention to the color of your drinks. Chemistry experiment, bro. Exactly, right? Um, so with this particular drink, you're looking for more of like a lighter pink hue, almost like a pale Cosmo. Now, we're using Grapefruit High Noon today. I'm really excited about using this. Uh, typically, we would use a lime just because it's a little bit more simple. And, you know, it blends a little bit better. But gin and grapefruit juice is amazing. Yeah. I love it. And grapefruit still brings some of the bitter quality that might mix with these uh, these bitters. So, I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. It was my best sec- second option. There's a gin called Empress 1908. Have you heard of it? Yes, with I have. the Butterfly PT. Yeah. It's super good. And it has, like, a relatively starchy taste to it in addition to the floral nature of it. Interesting. So, that with grapefruit juice is amazing. And it, it looks beautiful. Oh, okay. It looks beautiful. See, that's what I was saying. With these high noons, you can mix it up. You can do the same kind of nightcap, but, you know, a little bit of a different variation. Fantastic. Yeah, let's get a little bit more high noon working in there. A little bit more high noon action. You know, out of all the seltzers out there, I have to say I actually do like high noon the best. I do, too. Well, you guys are going to hate you guys are going to hate my cocktail history section then. <laughs> Cuz I'm going to talk some shit. No, I'm just kidding. High Noon's fine. Hey, look, they sell. At the end of the day, I like making money. People buy High Noon 
that's what it really comes down to. I can't keep it in stock. We had to move from buying individual packs to varieties because certain high noon flavors are sold out on the East Coast. I said, let me say that again. Certain high noon flavors are sold out in an entire region of the country right now. You mean like lime? Is that is that you're trying to just? Give <laughs> uh, yeah, an actually, yeah, I am. Uh, that's the what supply I'm no. chain got him, folks. No, the truth is the hardest one um, for us to get right now is pineapple. Mm-hmm. But but that's uh that seems to be the most popular one for people yeah. to drink. All right, pineapple we have our is drinks by far my favorite. mixed up here. Thank you, Dwayne. Awesome. Guys, again, another really easy drink to make for any of you first time mixologists just getting it, you know trying your hand at this stuff. A lot of these drinks not really that intimidating, not that hard. Get in there, get the products, get a decent bar set. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to be posting some links this week uh, sure. when this episode comes out. Not bullshit, because I just found a, for the very first time, an all in one complete true bar set. I've seen some other like pseudo ones, but I think this is a great one for our listeners. And Mike, we can brand them, apparently. But sure. we'll talk more about that. <laughs> all right, let's well, raise our glasses in the air. Right, let's well, have cheers. a toast here. Tink. Cheers. Cheers, my friends. To all you listeners out there, as we always say, don't just listen along. Drink along. Hell yeah, we got it right. <laughs> That's how it goes. That's See, now this goes. to me, this reminds me of Sam's drink because this is a bartender's drink. This is something that you, you don't, you know, want to have to make yourself, even though you love making good cocktails, you don't want to have to mix yourself this very elaborate drink. You want something that's easy to drink, tastes good, but like you said, can still get you kind of fucked up. Right. I do not hate that. I do not hate that. I think it's the bit, the bitters that's really doing it for me. Yeah. That's what High Noon needs. To me, High Noon is just too sweet. It's missing one point of complexity. Yeah, this needs a little bit more dimension. Right. And dimension is the perfect word. Yeah. Well well said. Um, so this, I love I love how this kind of brings it all together. And anytime you can put bitters in something, I just love bitters. I'll drink bitters to the face when my tummy's grumbling. <laughs> I'm telling you, when I got them bubble guts, it is, you know, it used to be um, snake oil back in the day. They used to actually use mm-hmm. it as medicine, and now it's just for mixology. But all right, let's talk a little bit about our cocktail history. Obviously, High Noon does not have a very extensive history. So I wanted to talk about a couple different facets of of um, uh, High Noon in this section of the pod today. So first off, we all know that the hard seltzer market has exploded. It's now a $4 billion market, right? With a B, um, ever since 2021. And High Noon is in the forefront of that. Uh, truly paced uh, the early parts of the market in 2015 and 16. Uh, White Claw dominated the 2018 and 2019 market. But steadily, since 2020, High Noon has been taking over. They are now the number one sold uh, seltzer in the category in the entire nation. Um, very, very popular. I could go through a ton of stupid pieces of trivia for you about High Noon. I'm kind of a seltzer hater because I don't like things that are super sweet and I love beer. I don't care if my, you know, I fill my stomach with a ton of Natty Bows. I want to slug beer and shotgun beer and I want to pass out drinking beer. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not a big seltzer guy, right? I understand why people like them. It's just not my bag, as as uh, the spy who shagged me would say. So I could tell you little pieces of trivia like, oh, they use vodka instead of malt alcohol. I could tell you, oh, you know, uh, E.J. Gallo, one of the famous 
famous wine distributors in the history of the world is the, the true creator behind this drink. I could tell you that they have a sporty side and they've partnered with Barstool Sports. I could tell you that they actually use real fruit in their drinks, which is true. I had to do some serious research, but it turns out that the FDA has actually approved that they do use real fruit juice um, a concentrate in every oh, single one of those drinks. though. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 but it is actual <laughs> fruit. Actual fruit juice is approved by the FDA. I could tell you that they now are up to 13 different specialty flavors, including variety packs. I could tell you that they're distributed in all 50 states. I could go on and on and on and on about fucking high noon. But guess what? That's not what we're going to do today. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the 1952 American Wild West classic film, High Noon. And you all know it. <laughs> it is the most classic gunslinger movie what? of all time. We're going to meet in the square at high noon. We're going to have a gun battle. That that crazy Western music. And then the little rattlesnake shit in the background. That's what we're going to talk about. Gary Cooper, High Noon. Stanley Kramer, and the great, the great Fred Zinnemann. Now, this is a famous, famous movie. The what, film... Wait, what is happening stop, right now? <laughs> stop. The <laughs> film that is credited, the film that is credited as starting the great Western movie movement. That is right. If you like Westerns, whether it's spaghetti Western up to some of the, some of the, you know, even, even the stuff with... Uh, uh, John Wayne, okay? It all owes thanks to the black and white classic High Noon by uh, by Carl Foreman and Fred Zinnemann starring Gary Cooper. Now, as we all know, it's a classic story. A lawman in the wild, wild west is conflicted between saving his brand new bride and fleeing town or standing up for what's right and fighting a band of ruffians in the town square where he surely will die. Fighting for what's good. It's a movie of principle over survival. And it's the great weight of our time. Now, I could go on and on about my love for this film. The noir style that was introduced by Zinnemann that was then carried on and championed by people like Scorsese in Raging Bull. I could talk about the greatness of Gary Cooper and how he was the first tall, dark, and handsome man on the silver screen slinging a gun from his hip with such ease and grace that you just immediately became wet every time he pulled that trigger. Oh I could talk about that all day long, but what I really want to talk about is politics. What a lot of people don't know is that this movie was actually an allegory for McCarthyism in Hollywood at the time. Hey, Dwayne, you see, Dwayne, could you, could you slap Foreman, Steve really quick, Carl please, Foreman, with that high name just across on, just his fucking face out. for all of us? Out. Let me get this out. See, Carl Foreman was an adamant, adamant objector to McCarthyism. He spoke out. He actually... Um, eventually lost his fortune, his job, and was sent to prison during the Red Scare. But he was one of the people brave enough to speak out, and he wrote this movie as an allegory for all the other bitches in Hollywood that were too scared to speak out against the goddamn man and their their attack on creativity and their Red Scare tactics calling everybody a communist. The whole idea is every man, and woman and child in this life will be confronted with one question. Do you put survival over your principles? Do you put profit over your principles? Do you put your self-interest over your principles? And you have to ask yourself, will I fold 
or will I rise and become the hero that this town needs? High noon. That was actually really good. <laughs> Thank you for letting really me get good. that get through don't, that so smoothly. Don't just drink along. Let's listen to Steve talk about movies for five minutes. So that was uh, that's our uh, history section. So yeah, it's such a piece uh, of shit. Noon. You, you yeah. remember what podcast this is, right? So Call I take Foreman. it that that is, is that your favorite western? Then no, honest to God, I fucking hate it. It's very slow. <laughs> What's but your favorite is, western? Come on, Steve. No, I can tell how, how giddy you are about uh, this. Probably Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I mean, you know, I grew up on Paul Newman. That's my fucking dude. I will go down with Paul Newman. I mean, my favorite Paul Newman movie, we can talk about that, Color of Money, him and Tom Cruise. All right, all right, slow down. Gambling. Dude, he's got a mustache. He's got a fucking mutt, dude. This mustache was credited in the credits. Can I talk to the guest, please? It was Paul Newman, and then there was the mustache. I'm just saying. So, Dwayne. Anyway, Wait, right. thank you, thank you again for being here. I mean, you work with Steve, so you knew what you were getting into. Right, do, you, do you have since since we went this whole fucking on this tangent? Do you have a favorite western? I know you said you liked anime. I mean, Cowboy Bebop. That's that's like an anime western, right? So I mean, Cowboy Bebop is an anime western. But if I'm gonna be completely honest with you guys, my granddad loves westerns. Right? He has yeah. an entire collection. Dirty Dozen. I don't know anything about westerns. Mm. We're going to watch some westerns. I don't know anything about I got some good ones for you. Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid is considered to be the first modern western. That would be a good one to start with. Um, But, I mean, there have been so many great ones. You know, True Grit. Mm -hmm. They remade that, obviously, um, in in the last— Tombstone. Tombstone. Incredible. Uh, You know— I'll be a huckleberry. That's right. (laughs) These are a few that I've heard of, for sure. I do love Tombstone. I mean, there's some great ones. I mean, The Hateful Eight was awesome. Mm. Obviously, Tarantino— Grew up on spaghetti westerns. That's what he modeled all of his yeah. films after. Dwayne, piece of trivia. Do you know why they call them spaghetti westerns? I couldn't at they, all. They were not. Here, they were not filmed tomorrow. in Italy because it was fucking cheaper. That's right. I guess that makes sense. That's why they call yeah. them spaghetti westerns. I, I guess that makes <laughs> because sense. Because the cast and crew would constantly just eat spaghetti. That's a uh... spaghetti western. Boom. <laughs> Okay. okay. Budget, so, great. Budget. Hey, D- Steve. Great drink history. Thanks, Bravo, man. sir. So Thanks. maybe we should. Maybe it's time to move into the fucking uh, drinking category. Yeah. Of, no. No. Of this no. Podcast. Thank you. I, I. I. Listen. I know that this is uh, unconventional for our drink history, but look, I sat and researched high noons for an hour and a half, people, and and I was sick of watching videos of freaking Dave Portnoy tell me about how much he loves fucking pineapple high noon. So I got to a point where I was like, you know what? <laughs> You know what else is High Noon? One of the most famous Westerns of all time. Let's talk about that instead. So I bent the rules a little bit, you son of a bitch. Yeah, you did. You know what? On the last episode, we talked about Kool-Aid. And it sounds like, you know, when this episode comes out, that we got some great feedback on that history. So suck a dick, Michael. All right. Let's move on. God, you are just reaching, buddy. So we always like to start Reaching for it. Watch out. With what we call the drinking. Okay? So. Obviously, LinkedIn is where everybody flexes their careers. They try to show off. The drinkedin is your service industry LinkedIn. So tell the people about your first ever gig in the service industry. Okay. Um, my first ever gig in the service industry was, I want to say in like 2014. It was around this time when I first moved to Baltimore. Um, and there was this family-owned Italian restaurant right up the street from me. I was, you know, Waltham Woods. Parkville, Maryland, if you guys ever know where that is. But Shout out. Yeah. Park Villains. It was a spot called Ramos of New York. I started there as a busboy, and I worked there for about a year and a half. And within that time, I worked 
pretty much every single position as like a 15-year-old kid. Um, started off as a busboy, then went back to dish, and then, you know, eventually moved up to bar back. And like I said, ever since, that's history. Ever since then, I just felt that I've had the experience and I've just continued in, to go to different places and just apply that experience. They're authentic there. They are authentic. And the thing about working for... Um... The thing that about working for people who are authentic is they don't care if you're five years old or 50. Oh, they yeah. expect you to be able to do every job oh, yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the thing about them. I mean, I started working for the Greeks, man. Mm. And I felt like I learned so much on that job mm. because they expected me to just know it. Yeah. Or figure it out. You know, Absolutely. there wasn't a lot of uh, guidance. Yeah, it's not too much guidance. They definitely throw you into the wolves a little bit. Yeah. But... I feel like that's the restaurant industry in itself. No doubt. And that's a classic first gig story. Mm -hmm. You're a busboy to start. The next thing you know, you go into work one day and you're like, am I behind the bar? Yeah. Am I cooking right yeah. now? What is going on here? So, And you didn't even know you accepted these other things. No, positions. no, so, not at all. Yeah. That sounds about par for the course. Uh, a little golf joke there for you. Um, all right, question number two. What is the extent of your service industry experience? So tell us, just rat-a-tat-tat, the different positions you've held. Um, so I've in a conventional restaurant, we'll just say in the restaurant industry, just cause that's where I have most of my experience, sure. but in the conventional restaurant industry, I've worked almost every position there is from, you know, being a host to, you know, head host moving on to the actual serving side. And that's where I started to pick up a lot more of the skills that I have now that are more so useful. Um, you know, just basic things like communication and just like, you know, general task management, um, working from a server to, you know, bar back to bartender, uh, head bartender. I've even taken up some positions in the back of the house as well. That's that's a place that I really love to be, honestly. I know you love to cook. I, I love to cook. I love to cook. Um, worked in dish for a little bit, only when I had to. I never really volunteered to work in dish. But there were, you know, you know, there, every day there's something different that comes up in the restaurant industry. So, you know, you come in one day and they're like, all right, we don't have a cooked uh, a dish pit today so now you have to go back there and wash dishes and that's pretty much like where i've had some of the nastiest encounters in my restaurant experience um but it was fun though you know all with the pe people or with pots both <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say steve's office has to be high on the list as well oh fuck you i just cleaned it it looks great by that's way. not what i meant but go on all right well so so you now if i'm not mistaken you've also You've gone a step farther. You've been in the management ranks in this. Yeah, in this I, I've too. gone. You know, I've worked a number of management positions for a number of different companies. You know, Atlas Group being one of the main ones. Um, and then I've also gone so far as to do a little bit of you know like mixology consultation as well for a number of you know local bars in the Towson yeah. area. Um, yes. So with that being said, I definitely have experience across the board. That there's nothing inside the restaurant that I'm uncomfortable doing. And with that being said. I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm here for it. That's a weird double-edged sword because on one side, you get to that point where you like you know you can do everything mm -hmm. and uh, you feel very confident. Yeah. Um, the, the, the other edge of that <laughs> is that you don't always feel challenged. As you're learning, one of the cool things is like the challenge of like, I now know how to make a really good old-fashioned. Oh, like, yeah. You like to show it off. Once you make your thousands, thousandth, that was a hard word to say there for me. Um, it, it starts to lose its luster a little bit. So mm -hmm. um, I think finding deeper ways to engage in your craft 
becomes the 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 truest test of a of a long term person growing in this game once you've hit that ceiling. Absolutely. Um, you know, owning a place is one thing, right? Mm-hmm. But you've already done a lot of those steps. Yeah. Right now it'd just be the risk. But I'm saying really going every day and trying to find passion for it is is always a challenge. But um Absolutely. All right. So tell us about I would say your current employment, where you are now. Um we let's just keep it anonymous. We can be but, vague. We can be vague. Yeah, we can be vague. But tell tell the people a little bit about it. Your, your what you do there, um, what what your role is. Okay, so I pretty much work as, um, you know, just general manager on duty with some other you know responsibilities on the corporate end. But um, this place that I work at currently is honestly probably one of the most fun places that I've ever worked at. Uh, like I said, I come from you know Atlas Group and you know like Bloomin' Brands, all these different things. So, um, having the opportunity to take that step back from you know, the uptight, you know, bartending experience, you know, really focusing on mixology. I have more of an opportunity to connect with my guests a little bit more while they're still having a great time. And honestly, that just puts the bar so much higher because if I were to ever jump behind another bar, behind another place, I know what I'm looking for. Um, So yeah, this place has been super fun. It's been really good to me. I really enjoy all the people that I get to serve. And like I said, I get to give them nightcaps. So <laughs> what, what kind of a spot is it? If you can paint a little bit of a picture and also uh, Steve, move the camera a bit. I, I can see your smart and handsome face, but I want to see Dwayne. All right. It's, it's, I've it's, seen enough of you. There we go. Is that there better? It is. That's better. Is that better? If Steve, actually, if you could get up and leave the room, that might help. Just Outstanding. Dwayne, just make sure when you do tell Mike to go fuck himself, you say it right into the microphone. That's the key to the podcast. I'm going to have to clip the audio a little bit. Oh, that. we're not going to clip shit. It's going out like this. Um, but the place that I work at now currently, um, it's kind of like a – a dual enrollment type of thing. People come there for a number of different reasons. That's loaded. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's loaded. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> let's call it let's call it an entertainment establishment. Exactly. exactly. It's a strip club. Okay, I got. Yeah, that. we do. We do. I strip and Dwayne makes the drinks. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the when Taco Donaldson comes out. When I'm not stripping, I'm cooking. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, this place is. Uh, so we pretty much specialize in golf, right? So we get a lot of you know golf players that come in and before this establishment I didn't necessarily have too much experience with golf or you know golf players in their demeanor in general um but dude they are so much fun they are they are so much fun I like you know golf is it seems like a very like uptight sport but these are probably some of the most like lackadaisical people I've ever met there are yes. a lot of- they walk around in stupid outfits outside hitting balls around getting drunk that's Dude, what they I'll fucking do fire sometimes. <laughs> can I can I tell you something uh, golfers are one ball to the head away from being surfers a lot of them are just bros <laughs> they just want to drive a go-kart they want to hit little balls with a stick and get yeah. fucking tanked dude and they oh, want to wear like all white outfits where they, yeah. while they do it it's just like the it it has a very much like hey dude culture to it you know so it is yeah um, it is yeah it's uh it's interesting um we we have our stuck up crowd but I think we have a really 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 good thing going and um so happy to have you aboard man and oh, yeah. um I would I would tell them I would tell you to tell the people when you're there so they can come see you mm-hmm. however we're not really giving the name and 
I know your schedule's been a little erratic recently, yeah. man. I'm just going to yeah. apologize for that. But, uh, you know, we'll get there. Um, all right. If, if anybody ever, ever offers you a nightcap, then you know it's him. There you oh, go. Yeah. There you oh, go. Yeah. Um, so, that is our drinking category. Now, you do know what's next. I do. Yes, that's right. Now, I have only prepared Dwayne in the last 48 hours, but and I don't think you've listened to any of our episodes. I've listened to a few. Have you now? A, a bit. A Fantastic. Bit. I'm not a huge podcast listener. Understood. But, you know, I've definitely wow. indulged, to say the least. Dog? I'm sorry. We're being interrupted by a dog. Dog, go. Sorry, I love this dog. <laughs> but I know him. Oh, I know him. He's going to get involved. Is that involved. your dog's name? Is the dog's name Dog? His name is Dog, okay? And he likes to <laughs> knock things over, especially things with wires. He loves a good mm. wire. He wants to just get all... You know, he... Honest to God, if if he heard about the spaghetti westerns, he would get right in there with the horses and and the and the fight. He would think that there were noodles that he could just tangle himself. Is there with. a reason you can't say the dog's name? Is it like witness protection or something? Like <laughs> oh, that? his name is Ruka. He's been on the show. Before. Oh, it's Ruka. Yeah, yeah it's Ruka. He was on. Ruka was on the very first fucking episode. Yeah, of the and he's going to be on a hundred more episodes. All right, <laughs> but right now I'm just calling him Dog because he knows he's not supposed to be in here. Anyway, all right, Dwayne. Ruka tried to save you, but he cannot, okay? it There is no escaping it. Okay. There is only one way out of the gauntlet, and that is forward, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. All right? So without further ado, are you ready? I am. Let's do it. Well, hell yeah. Here we go. It's the gauntlet. Okay, question number one, my friend. Pet peeves and misconceptions. Mm. Tell the people about what they don't know in the service business. What they might be mistaken about or just pet peeves you have about them. Okay. Um, This is an easy one. This is honestly a very easy one. Um, I think that a very common misconception amongst all people who aren't in the service industry is that the service industry is easy. I, I can't even begin to, like... I understand, like, being in, you know, the served side, how, you know, you one would think it's easy, but being on the other side of it is definitely a difficult job. Uh, you definitely need a lot of skills. Um, you definitely need that multitasking. You need to be able to communicate well, especially if you're going to do your job well. Um, communication is a huge aspect of it, you know, regardless of where you are and, you know, what kind of menu you have. You definitely need to be able to convey, you know, the idea that, the higher ups are trying to portray. It's it's crazy because I think that there are so many different like core skills that are important in a lot of different yeah. professions. Organization is one. Yeah. Right. Communication is one. Mm-hmm. Intellect is important if you're a brain surgeon, yeah. but intellect is just as important if you're working at a high end craft cocktail bar Absolutely. and somebody comes in and they use slang to order a drink. Now I'm not comparing that to being a brain surgeon, <laughs> but say, I maybe guarantee not, maybe not as important. Let me finish. But go on. <laughs> I guarantee you take any brain surgeon in this country, they can't make the run on a twenty thousand dollar day. Oh, That's yeah. all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. There is and, and they can't organize the troops when you have. 5, 10, 15 employees, front house, back of the house, food as compared, in and out. As compared to Steve, who could very successfully perform brain surgery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm really raking you over the coals here. Go on. I'm trying to make a point here, motherfucker. It's like you were talking about task management. It, it actually is so difficult 
Um, and I, I remember uh, some of the people that I worked with, honestly, at the first place I worked at, the diner, and and uh, specifically the the, uh, the overnight shift, where literally they were the only person there and having to manage like literally 13, 14 tables at a single time, mm-hmm. trying to get drinks and appetizers and food all put in at the correct time to not piss off the uh, the the back of the house and get everything out, you know, and get everybody's drinks and keep, keep this enjoyable atmosphere happening at, at all the same time. And it is incredibly difficult. It really does take a lot of practice to get good at that skill. It, it really does. And I think that a lot of people don't necessarily understand that the front of the house and the back of the houses are two completely separate entities. Mm-hmm. There are two different people managing, you know, both aspects of that. So, you know, it is very easy to make the back of the house angry. And oh, yeah it's kind of hard to make things go their way, especially when you're all about making everything go, you know, the front of house way. Yeah. Um, well, you're trying to, you're trying to keep all the customers happy and the customers absolutely. don't give a shit. They just want what they want when they want it. Right. Right. I think a lot of people that think it's easy haven't worked in this ecosystem before, but I got to ask you, do you think that there are also people that have worked in restaurants that also think this is easy? Anybody can do it. Just because they had one restaurant experience where it was easy. Mm. Do you find that to be a commonality? Because one of the ally one of the one of the people I, I get frustrated with the most is the person that did work in a restaurant or a bar, but it was one time, it was like six months, and now they think they have all the perspective. Mm. Yeah, that's six months is not enough time. You don't <laughs> even have opportunity to get through all the holidays. <laughs> you know what I mean? so all the holidays that are mandatory gr- to work exactly. that's those, a great perspective exactly. I love that so I mean like, because you working on Christmas Eve motherfucker Christmas you working Eve, on Christmas Eve Mother's Day Valentine's oh, Day Mother's you Day. know what I mean oh like, my god every one of them it's insane it's insane but I will say it, this kind of goes back to what you were saying in terms of like creating a novel experience for yourself while mm. you know working in the service industry the longer you do it the more you begin to create a personality for it you know what I mean? So it does become a little less extraneous, um, but you definitely need to, you know, get into a little bit of conditioning for it. Yeah. Kind of like your, your front of house alter ego kind of absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, I, I do want to I do want to ask you, though, um, kind of touching on what Steve said after you've done this for such a long time and you've kind of got to a point where you've perfected a lot of these skills. Do you find yourself judging other servers and stuff when you go out and you're the customer? Do you find yourself judging a little bit harsher when you truly do get bad? Because there are bad servers. There's bad bartenders. Oh, yeah. And when that happens, do you find yourself kind of holding them to a little bit of a higher standard than you may have before you had actually worked in the industry? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I definitely I, – I really do. I really do. Um, I've been to a number of different places and. I've gotten really good service, and I've also gotten really bad service as well. Um, so with that being said, there's one place that I went to where I was really expecting bad service. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I really, I really was expecting terrible service. Why? Why? It was it was a hole in the wall spot. You know what I mean? It's you know right off of Moravia. I don't know if anybody <laughs> knows where Moravia is. Baltimore knows where Moravia yeah. is. Now you. <laughs> You, you hadn't been there before, though. I hadn't been there before. So you're judging a book before. by its cover. I got it. I was okay. judging a book by its cover. But, you know, it's, it's one <laughs> no, of these... No, no, no. Hold on. You're judging a book called Moravia. That's what, <laughs> that's what you're doing. That, too. That, too. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's kind of, it was one of those places where, you know, the last word in the name was in. 
You know what I mean? So it's connected to a motel. Ooh, you yeah. know what I mean? So okay. like you're expecting terrible service when you go in. You're really just expecting, you know, decent food. You're expecting sellable food. Sellable. Sellable food. Right? Sellable. Food that you can sell. Acceptable. Our food is sellable. It is sellable. What a review. <laughs> <laughs> Their food was sellable. It, I mean, <laughs> you know, but I have to say when I got in there, it was it wasn't a terrible experience. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, the bartender that we had, because I did sit at the bar at this time, so I wasn't necessarily interested in getting the full experience. Um, the bartender at this time, she was, you know, she was great. She, you know, was very attentive, made sure our drinks were, you know, full. Every shot we asked for, she poured it a double. So, you know, I'm not going to complain about that too much. Mm. Um, and then the food was good. Wow. Okay. The food was good. Mm. Plenty of plenty of room left at the end. Yeah, <laughs> plenty of room. There you go. I like that. That's a good. Uh, that was your misconception. That was the... my misconception. That was my fault. And you know, honestly, you know, I'll still hold a certain standard, but I know that I'll you know moving forward, I'll know that that standard can be defeated. Challenged. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what you're saying is, go into every experience like it's going to be a bad experience. I mean, you won't be disappointed if it is. <laughs> See, yeah, I love it. A true All right. On that it. note. No, just kidding. On that note, best and worst tips. Tell us about the best and worst tips, monetary or otherwise, right? Okay. Because a lot of tips are not monetary. Right. Um, uh, that you've experienced in your service career, you've heard about. Um, Best tips, probably. So, I've been doing this for a relatively long time, but honestly... Uh, most of my experience, like I said, is in corporate establishments. So the best tip I've gotten was probably like $100. You know, I've got I've gotten that, you know, like twice or three times. Um, nice. But that was on, you know, they're on things, you know, like $100 bills, right? So really good Samaritans. If I have to say, I don't, I don't want it, people to hate me for this, but the worst tip I've gotten was those. Sorry, buddy. Mike lives near a set of train tracks. Anytime the train goes by, I it's got the door a, open. It's an all right drink. <laughs> all if you're drink. listening along, Cheers. you know the rules. Drink we actually have pitches. a full list of uh, we have a drinking list for this uh, for the podcast, a drinking game list, and we'll yeah. have to share that Mike at some lives point. Right time. next to the train tracks. So if, if you listen to this by. and you're not like at the gym or in your car mm-hmm. and you're actually drinking along with us, and you can play along and get fucked up. It'd be cool if you were oh, at sure. the gym and you had a nightcap and you were tumbling about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell that, you what, that's that's one you could work out with for sure. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> you were saying. Um, $100 bill. $100 bill. Um, the worst tip I've gotten was, you know, one of those fake $1 million with a Bible verse on it. It was a million dollars? <laughs> a million dollar bill with a Bible verse on it. See, I've never seen the million dollar one. I think it's because... Earlier, when you were talking about 2014 being 15 in the service industry, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I'm fucking old. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but what? See, the ones I always remember, it was either like a five or a 20. Mm. So it was like you'd see it. It was like a folded bill and it looked yeah. like a $20 bill. And you're like, hell yeah, it's a great fucking tip. And then you open it up. And it's like, Jesus loves you. I'm like, oh, I fucking yeah, it. Sorry. No, I... <laughs> see, the million dollar one is at least a little bit nicer. Because you're already, your brain is already like, I don't recognize that. What is that? No. Is this some kind of a trick? Listen, like, I don't care. Dude, if I'm tired, part of me is like, what if, though? But what if, Come though? on, Steve. Is, <laughs> come on. I, I, a boy can dream, kid. Is a $1 million <laughs> bill really better? Because, like, if it's if it's a $5 bill or a $10 bill and it has the Bible verse on it, at least they put some sort of effort into making it a little bit real. 
But then you pull out a one million dollar bill and you're like, okay. You are you already know it's bullshit. You're you're just like, this is so annoying. And they <laughs> they always leave it, you know, out of okay. the checkbook a little bit. So now I'm with Dwayne. All I'm all in with Dwayne because at this point, they're doing like a clown routine. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. expecting them to pull like a balloon out and make me a fucking balloon animal neck. Oh, yeah. No, no balloon they're Jesus. Like pulling, they're pulling they're pulling multiple one hundred dollar one million dollar bills out of their sleeve. They're like, here, you get them all. Oh, you yeah. know? It's so kitschy. It's like, dude, what am I? A court jester that yeah. fucking served you food? I, I I see it going both ways. See, I've I've been to where I actually thought I was getting a twenty dollar tip and then I got lectured about my fucking soul. Mm. And that that it pissed me off. If I saw a million dollar bill, I already would be like, Okay, I get it. There's there's something there's an agenda here, you know what right. I mean? So, I, I've never got the million dollar bill, so I don't know exactly how so I would react you, to that. You, you know? feel deceived. You feel deceived. See, I feel that you are making light of the fact that I'm a bartender. I'm not mm. a court jester, okay? I am here doing a legitimate job. Like, there are reasons that there are millions of bars and restaurants around America. People want to eat out, right. they want a good time, they want to go out on dates, they want to socialize and have fun. And if we don't have the people working in this industry, there's no one there to do this, right? Um, there's no one there to run that social space. But um, so, so what should we do to get back? Do we need to go to church and like just have a cocktail party or something like that? No, I, I mean, just I want to somehow do the same bait and switch, right? You know, but I don't know how. Oh, right? oh, they have collection plates. They have collection plates. They do have collection plates. It you 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 leave it where it's like a hundred dollar bill, yeah. but then it folds but it open and it's a brochure be, it for only, your bar. It can only be spent at your bar. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. That's perfect. Now, some some very I I pray to the Lord on high that there is a very strange person listening to this episode, and they are like Fight Club level obsessed with like getting back at their religious repression. And for the next like five months, all they do is drive around to the mega churches in their area and drop like phony fucking twenties with their face (laughs) on it. And like the address to their bar, come to Charlie's, (laughs) you know, know, jokes on us. They still got us to go to church is the end of that story. So that is a fact, but, uh, (laughs) Right, Sorry, hey. we, Dwayne, we totally hijacked that, but I, I do love that. Those are the worst fucking tips, man. Yeah. All now, right, we now when, take... you, when you've got those million-dollar tips. Mike, hold on. Yeah, okay. we gonna, we're going to have to take a quick break because Tom just got here and the dog's going to freak out, okay? Hot damn, that was good. Okay, you ready? Question number three. Worst drink orders. But we've expanded this category. Michael, please explain to him what he can – you know, it's not just like worst drink orders people are giving to you. Yeah, so worst drink orders, originally it's like cringe drinks. When somebody orders it at the bar, you kind of roll your eyes a little bit, you know. But it can also be like the worst drink that someone's ever served you or just flat out a drink that you hate to make. Mm. Okay. I definitely have an answer for that. That's actually a very easy one. I would say one that I hate, not necessarily hate to make, but I definitely roll my eyes, is for a strawberry daiquiri or pina colada blended. Now, we can do those. Blended. Exa- blended, right? That that's the thing that makes it annoying. You can do those shaken. You can do those however you want to do. A true daiquiri should be shaken. Exactly. Oh God, I, I won't exactly. go on a tangent. Exactly. But well, yeah. When you want it blended, that just kind of 
annoys me a bit. It's kind of like ordering fruit punch. My two cents is... Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean it's kind of like ordering fruit punch? So, like, it's like you go to a really nice restaurant, right? A super nice restaurant, like the best steakhouse in your city. And you're like, all right. You know, typically, especially if you're going to a steakhouse, you're you know more than likely going to get a glass of red wine. You might even get some champagne. You might even indulge in some cocktails. But it's like ordering Sprite. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, like if, if that restaurant doesn't have fruit punch, you're ordering Sprite. It's just <laughs> what's like... Wrong, what's wrong with fruit punch, man? Dog, I am, I'm not drinking Sprite with my fucking $47 tomahawk. Exactly. That's exactly. That's you what's what wrong I mean? with Like, it. nobody wants fruit punch and caviar. What what if it's done? Uh, what if it's you know cooked uh, well done? The steak. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Then it, then Go, is it yeah. okay to have some fruit punch with it? No 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 no. <laughs> I mean at the at you like you can you can get lower. <laughs> everybody everybody says. Oh like trust me, Dwayne. Trust me, Mike can get lower. <laughs> Mike's fuck been you. lower. <laughs> I've it's, got I have high class taste. I've seen Mike down in the mud. Okay. <laughs> Don't drinking his fucking fruit punch out of a goddamn paper box, you I've son got of nothing fruit against fruit punch, but I'm not a big fan. It's fine. I'd take Kool Aid before that. Kool Aid. Kool Aid is great too. You ever had a Kool Aid pickle? You know Yes I have. You know Yes I absolutely have. I, I at a gas station. I don't know, man. I Shut don't up, know see. About this is not your this is not your forte. Be quiet. I love I know I'm out of my element here, but to me the entire point of the pickle is the salt. I don't want the There's that still much. salt in a pickle. They yeah. they make a pickle and then they put it in Kool-Aid. Yeah. Is it still salty? Yeah. Do you yeah, still it's... taste the brine? You All do. right, I'm back in. I'm you back do. in on the Kool-Aid. You do. <laughs> Speaking of brine, one of the things that I've tried recently was oysters. You're not, you were, I, just I had, recently. I had never oh, I'm tried an them before. Freak. Mike's an oyster freak, I had too. never tried them before, and honestly, I'm not mad at it. Have you ever had an oyster shooter? With Bloody Mary? No, 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 no. So, so look, the, the classic oyster shooter is a shot of vodka, um, cocktail okay. sauce, a little bit of horseradish, lemon juice, and an oyster, and you shake it up, and you put it in a glass, and then you take it as a shot. Okay. You do the oyster, the alcohol, and everything together, right? Which is an injustice to the oyster, but go on. Disagree. You're so fucking wrong. I also disagree. There are a couple bars here <laughs> in Baltimore that have oyster shooter menus okay. with all different types of oyster shooter cocktails. Tequila and whiskeys mm-hmm. and vodkas. Kool-Aid. And, all, and, and Kool-Aid. No. God, <laughs> fuck no. Um but dude, you gotta have it. We should go bang some oyster shooters. I'm down. Oh, I love I'm an oyster so shooter. I pray for somebody to come on the show, a true blue, true blue Baltimorean, <laughs> and their drink is the oyster shooter. We just bang them all episode long. I'll do. Yeah, it. that's gonna I'll suck for me, man. I'm I'll do have to ten go of those dig right some now. fucking clams up out of the goddamn. No, nah, you get oysters in a can. You just have to clams do those. Clams are great too. Honestly. Oh god. Anyway, no. d- d- they're not the, these. These are freshwater clams. <laughs> you know, I know we're talking about we're skirting around worse drinks, but let's 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 kind of focus in here for just a second. So, well, it's it's the blender. I mean, it's the we blender. gotta admit, we gotta yeah. admit, Dwayne, you're you're a young buck compared to Steve I and I. I am. The blender's broken, man. The blender yeah, is, know, it's the bane of all bartender existence. It is broken, but me being who I am, I'll make it work. Yeah. And I'll make you the best fucking daiquiri you've ever heard. The I thickest appreciate that. daiquiri. So, so, so here's my thing. You know what I used to do? Slurpable. What is that? Like when we, when we didn't, 
have the blender, but I knew I could get a good tip. Because mm-hmm. I would put the ice in a glass and take a muddler, and I would crush the ice with the muddler. And Bullshit. I've done it for a, for a customer that I knew would pay. If it wasn't somebody I knew would pay, there's, the blender There's the broke. tip, people. I mean, Just, that's you gotta, serious. You got to pay. You got to tip well. But, but here's the thing. If you're working at a beach bar or if there's a pool five feet away, you kind of got to do it. Yeah. You, you've that's assumed your environment. Yeah, you have. You, you have. know what I mean? That's so kind of like, you know, working in, you know. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I hate to drink too, but you got to kind of eat it. Yeah, you do. You, you know, do. which is tricky. Um, what What's another? Let, let's ask you the other side of this question. Okay. What's a drink that you've ordered that somebody's made for you that's just been ratchet or it just hasn't been made properly? Have you ever gone out and like one, you know, I told a story on this pod once about the first time I really started getting into old fashions in my early 20s. Cherry juice. And I go out and I go to a green turtle and the thing is bright fucking red. I mean, yeah. it's just whiskey and cherry juice and mm. I broke my heart. Broke my heart, man. You know, and I, I yeah, couldn't. Well, shame on you. Shame on you for ordering a. An old fashioned at a green turtle, as uh, Emily would say. It's like my second time with green turtle. Okay, all right. You're not wearing the, their shirt this time, are you? No. Look, my family was no pizza two goes people. Okay, and nobody knows what that means. Fuck you. The Marylanders know what I'm talking about. Okay, <laughs> uh, they were pizza two goes. Fuck people. the Marylanders. They and, swallow their oysters. I don't want to hear about it. And and uh, they were. Um, God damn. What's Lido's? They were we were Lido's Pizza and Pizza Tugos mm. people. We were not Green Turtle people. Lido's is great. I love Lido's. Lido's is amazing. That's they the, can't the, mix the, the cocktail the either, but that's a conversation for the another day. Pizza is amazing. All right. Anyway, Dwayne, <laughs> have you ever ordered a drink that somebody has just desecrated? Completely. Yeah, I have. I actually have two for you. Um, the first one being was a Cosmo. I'm oh, a, I'm a huge fan of martinis. I love martinis. Like I said, I'm a college student. But I like to be elegant, right? You know, this, I lo- this is a confident man right here. I am who will very go out confident. And order order a Cosmo in public. I love Cosmo. I I will order. No, I'm not a saying they're not delicious. I'm just saying, how many of your golfer buddies are ordering fucking Cosmos Dude, at the bar? Now they drink high them. noons. <laughs> I will I will go out on a first date and order a Cosmo. Good for you, dude. I will order a Cosmo for I the have, lady, right? No, for me, for me. <laughs> and, you know, if she wants, like, it, you know, whatever it is, if she wants a Long Island iced tea. I'm not gonna judge too hard. I'm just gonna walk out the door. No, you're just See, gonna pull out a little piece of paper drinks. from your pocket and put a check down and be like, only three more checks before she's paying for this. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, no, so what happened? What happened? You ordered? I ordered a Cosmo. I mind you, I was at Outback Steakhouse. I love Outback Steakhouse, some, dude. Some would say your first mistake. I don't, yeah, you know, that's <laughs> They're known okay. for shrimp on the Bobby, not the Cosmo. Shrimp on the Bobby. But I do love a good Cosmo, and, you know, I felt that this was the perfect time to order one. They have martinis on their cocktail program, right? So it's just like yeah. they, the bartenders are not incapable of making a martini. <laughs> A Cosmo is literally three ingredients, depending on what you have. Maybe, sure. maybe four, you know, if you don't, if you don't have, you know, like a lime simple. But um, I got it back, and it was completely red. It was red. It was. It was. It wasn't. It, it was wasn't dark. a nice rose colored. It. W- it didn't have that rose color. It didn't have, you know, like the the lime simple. It didn't have that paleness to it. It was just red. It was just red. And Cherry all juice. I saw was red. 
<laughs> all I saw was red. Mind you, I paid I paid thirteen dollars for this for this Cosmo because <laughs> he's still you remember the price, of course. I do remember the price because I wanted it with do. I wanted it with Chopin, right? I love Chopin. It's a really great vodka. It's made from potatoes, so it, you know it's really starchy and it definitely has that you know like that uh that fullness and flavor, earthy quality, earthy quality, sure. exactly, and. It was just completely ruined, you know what I mean. And because mm. I work in the service industry, I wasn't going to complain. Oh, uh, see there, but you judged them, right? Yeah, you judged them. I, I did judge them, and I honestly, you know, honestly, God, if I was you at that point, I would have just sent my blooming onion back. The thing is, I already <laughs> ate the blooming onion. I already the blooming onion was already gone. I was I was of working on bread. Of course, I was working on bread. because they got to be honest with you. The bartenders at the Outback Steakhouse, it's gonna take them a minute to make a, co- a Cosmo with Chopin, and by yeah. that, by the time the blooming on hits the table, I give it thirty seconds before that motherfucker is done. <laughs> done. Yeah, it was insane. I, you know, that that was just one though. That's just right. one. I've gone to bars and, you know, tested the bartenders. I think we've all done this at least once or twice where we're like. All right, I'm going to go to this bar. They probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but we're going to test them. We're going to get them to make Because you're in a mood. Exactly. I'm, I'm you're in a little a bit of you're a mood. You're like, I'm in a mood for I'm this. in a little bit of a mood. You're an antagonist is what it, you are. I am. I want you know, what I want. I'm, I'm the main character right now. That's what we're going to say. <laughs> I'm the main character right yes. now. So, Thank you know, you. I decide to go to a Carabas. I don't know if you guys have ever had what Carabas. What are you doing? Why are you terrorizing every chain restaurant in America? The next, the next thing you're going to tell me is that you went to an olive garden and you asked them to make you a crony and they just spit in a fucking glass or something. Corporate America is I going down. I threw a breadstick in it and said, here you fucking go. Tell me when you're going to stop grinding the pepper. Like, That's good, Steve. Corporate America is going down and it's because of me, because of my cocktail <laughs> requests. Okay, so I decided is that to go. Omen? Should I have not have hired? No, that's that's his pitch for the for the for his new anime series. Is what that is. It's an anthology. <laughs> it is an anthology piece. It is an anthology. We're trying different things every time. But I decided to go oh, to Carabas. I love Carabas too. They have, I like they have, Carabas they have, too. They have pasta. Pretty good pasta. They have some good they have pasta. Pretty decent seafood. The seafood's fresh. Um, I decided not to order Kansas, a cucumber martini. Go on. Yeah, sure, cucumber martini. Cucumber martini, dude. That's that's my specialty. I would have made that on the show today, but you know, I didn't want to do too much. Um, okay. No, I, I like that you brought your bartender drink because I'm at risk of having to do another penalty at this point in time. I mean, <laughs> we'll we're... bring you back for a Boilermaker tape, and you can do a <laughs> cucumber martini on the side. Because you oh, were yeah. talking about dirt, you were talking about Dirty Jim Martinis, man. That that's my that's my gig right there. I love, I love Dirty Jim Martinis. That's how the show started with I love Dirty Jim Martinis. So. Yeah, I'd, lo- I'd, lo- I'd love to have your cu- your cucumber martini. Ooh. And actually, I'm not trying to get off the rails here. But the Cucumber Collins, Steve's brother, episode three, I believe. There are a lot Classic. of throwbacks to the body view tonight. Yeah. Seriously, the Cucumber Collins was one of the best. Wait, was that your brother? No, that was uh, that was fucking. Uh, <laughs> that was Brian. That was Brian. Anyway, the Cucumber Collins. <laughs> wow, what I love you. I love your brother too. I know. I'm sorry. Fuck you guys. It's I'll all do good. another TikTok <laughs> anyway. dance. But the the Cucumber Collins, seriously, what one of the at best. Carabas? What happened All right, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Cucumber Collins was was delicious. It truly was one of the best drinks we've ever had on this yes. podcast. Now, it what was happened absolutely to delicious. God damn it. 
and your I'm brother really, is a great mixologist, Steve. <laughs> I'm really glad you brought up the cucumber collins because this drink is relatively similar. Um, sure you is. know, it's you know lime simple, you know, or lime juice and simple syrup if you don't have a you know designated lime simple pa- fast pour. Um, Saint Germain and you know vodka choice with you know cucumbers muddled down, double strength, right? Or even gin. As or a even gin. For vodka, just or yeah. make Prefer- it like a For Collins. me, at least, preferably gin, yeah. To make yeah. it, and then it would be like a Collins. You know, I have tried it with gin one time, and the gin does something to it that kind of negates the freshness of the cocktail, if that makes sense. Because Well, gin is a, a lot more complex than it vodka, is. and it that's is. the thing. It is. You want vodka to be an unsung hero mm-hmm. in this particular drink. Absolutely. You want the cucumber... And the Saint Germain with that floral quality, Absolutely. elderflower to shine. So, you want it to regardless, so we're at Carabas because we. I gotta ask you this next question. You're at Carabas. What happened? I pretty much was given a cucumber slushy with oh, no. vodka in it. Oh no! Right? Mm. So you know, I the blender was working. I don't even think they used a blender. I'm pretty sure they used they used a muddler, Steve, just muddling the the cucumber down with the ice. Um. But what I got back was, you know, not a cucumber martini at all. It was, you know, chunks on chunks of cucumber with many, many ice chips um, and just a great deal of vodka. That was it. Yeah, an ice chip will really ruin a good, any martini, right? A piece of pulp, I'm actually okay with Mm -hmm. because I know that we have some fresh squeezed juice in there, Mm -hmm. right? But an ice chip, man, come on, you know? Yeah, not to mention a multitude of ice chips. Get, a multitude. Get your mesh strainer. Mm-hmm. Let's get the strain game yeah. going, you Let's know? double strain. Let's get that foam on top. Bang. You know, the thing is, though, a, a cucumber martini is very fresh, right? But what I was given was very, you know, blunt. It had that sip factor, like as if you were drinking a dirty gin martini. Um. And it just was not good. I was not happy with it. And, you know, even the bartender said that they were not happy with it. So that, that, that was the entire <laughs> did, Wait, did they say it to you before or after they served they, it to you? They said it to me as they served it to me. <laughs> this isn't very good. Yeah. As I said, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't going to complain. I wasn't going to complain. I wasn't going to do the Well, how thing. can you at that point? I mean, exactly. they already admitted you know it I mean? fucking sucks. I already signed over You won't all my like rights. this, but you will pay for it. Yeah. yeah and exactly. I did it's, What is it? it? It's It's sellable. It's sellable. It's sellable. Exactly. It's sellable. I'm getting getting more high noon. You guys keep talking. Oh, God. This guy. All right. Well, that is an unbelievable way to wrap up this category. Let's jump right into number cuatro. Let's do it. Numero cuatro, as the Spanish say. Um, Ultimate mistakes, fuck-ups. These can be yours or your coworkers, Mm. right? Tell me when people have really just dropped the plates, the trays, or the balls at work. Okay, I have one for myself where wow, I dropped the ball. look at you falling on the sword. Yeah, I'm I'm a humble guy. I'm a really humble guy. Appreciate that about you. It was one of those twenty five thousand dollar nights, um, and whoa, 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 whoa! What's a twenty five thousand dollar night? A twenty five thousand dollar night is when you know you go home and you have dreams about the receipt printer. That's a twenty five thousand dollar <laughs> night. Um, you know, just drinks on drinks on drinks, just you know, moving fast, not having much time to. Do anything but at our make drinks. Place? No, not at our okay, place. Okay, I'm not at our say. place. Not at our place. Is it, our place is. I was like, so, did I miss that night? Our place is so lax, dude. I love it. It's it, the easiest job. It's ever. probably one of the easiest jobs I've ever had. Yeah, it's so easy. Um, it was. Sounds like you guys are slow, but go on. 
Dude, we're getting busy. Um, we're, we're, we're getting busy. We do them. We do them. Buyouts. Is that a soft spot? I'm sorry. We do them buyouts. We do do those buyouts. We do it's do those busy buyouts. season. Can I, can I have my Can I have my birthday party there? If we would love pay, to have you if you pay. How much? See, you, how much I, employee you manager right here. How much you got? Yeah, no, I love it. How much you, you guys got? are selling me? I love it. All right. Anyway, sorry. Um. Damn, what were we talking about? We were talking about $25,000 nights. $25,000 right. night. A.K.A. Okay. Mike's next birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to be there. <laughs> it's going to be um, a good time. It was, a 20, it was you know, one of those super busy nights, just drink coming back to back, receipt printer going off, rolling off of the floor, you know what I mean? And it was, it was hell. Full bar. Mind you, at the old place that I worked at, we had the entire 18-seat bar. Can you tell us where this was? Because now I'm curious. <sighs> Bonefish Grill. Wow, okay. Bonefish right. Grill. Another Bloomer brand. Private? Dude. Private event? No. Just Re- one of regular them Saturday. One of regular them Saturday. Okay. You got to think about it. The one that I worked at was right in between Towson Mall and Towson Movie Theater. So on a Friday or Saturday, you just get hit. we're doing a lot of numbers. We're doing yeah. a lot of numbers. And mind you, there's four other restaurants in the area. We had, a, you know, a Bobby's Burgers Palace. We had a bj's brew house and you know whatever they call it i used to work there too but we'll get into that later uh there was a world of beer and you know on the border and you know some really nice asian spot um but that night was absolute hell for me not only because of how busy it was but because of the decision i made now i'm gonna go into this right uh you know super backed up behind the bar i'm at the point where you know People are ordering, you know, all sorts of martinis, all sorts of, you know, old fashions, smoked at old fashions at that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So once you finish the drink, you still have another thing to do. You got to smoke some wood chips. Uh, <laughs> so we were super busy, incredibly busy, um, just because everything took so much time. You know, I was about to finish up this ticket. We had probably about five more before we were out of the weeds and uh, went to go grab a glass because we typically would rinse our glasses out as we're making drinks. So as soon as you, you finish shaking one out, you rinse it out, put it in the sink, and then you can grab it, you know, do whatever you do. My uh, other bartender, mind you, I was working service bar. My other bartender decided to turn on the hot water. The hot water was incredibly hot, right? I didn't notice this. I didn't notice it at all. I went to go grab the glass out of the sink and, you know, make my pineapple martini, whatever I was doing. Mind you, I had four pineapple martinis and there's you know a pint and a shaker and mm-hmm. you know i was doing i was making it work i was making it work i know that's my limit four wouldn't ever go above four um as soon as i put that martini in the glass and began to shake it up the glass exploded yes it's too hot exploded <laughs> dude we need to tell i'm so happy this is the first, this is the time. first time this is the first time we've talked about this yes it is I love the show. It, it is continually a surprise. <laughs> we know you love right. the show, Steve. Hey, people. <laughs> hey, people who have never worked at a bar or have never made this mistake at home. Did you know that if you have a very hot piece of glass and you add cold water to that very hot piece of glass, that what happens is like a roadside IED, okay? Mm-hmm. It explodes into yeah. a million fucking pieces, all right? And for a lot of bars, your shaker is your glass. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my God, I feel for you, man. I feel for you. At on that this, one. yeah, at this place, the the glass was the shaker. We were using, you know, you know, we had metal shaker, bottom. metal shaker, you know, glass, glass top. top. And typically, typically when you do this, you're going to like, if it's not in a shaker, you're going to have, you know, just the top kind of crack a little bit. You're going to see those fractures run through the glass and it's going to be a okay. Now you're down a glass. You have to go grab a new one. This time, because I'm making pineapple martinis, the pressure's building up. There's steam in the glass. You know, it's getting hot and the glass just explodes. Right. Me being me at that time, we were so busy. I was like, all right, that just happened. Now I need to burn the ice, right? Mm-hmm. I begin to, you know, go grab the ice bucket and, you know, start to burn the ice. And then I just hear a bunch of noise because we were having a party right up, you know, behind the bar at the community table. You know, it's like a 20 person party. And all I heard was, oh, my God, he's bleeding. Da, 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 da. <laughs> he's bleeding. He's bleeding. He's bleeding. Are you okay? You never and want that to be said about you. You don't. Exactly. You don't, you don't exactly even want to hear this. You don't want to hear this at all. Mind you, at this time, I didn't know what was happening. Then, well, you know, the thing about bleeding at a bar, especially when you're busy, is you never know it's you. And then yeah. you look down, is there blood on that plate? Yeah. Is there blood on that <laughs> plate? Blood. Who put blood on that? Oh, I'm bleeding. <laughs> it was. It's me. It was. Uh, we're just gonna say it was an invigorating experience. <laughs> yeah, I'm no kidding. I wow. um. Somebody actually came up to the bar and asked me if I was okay before I noticed that I was bleeding. Wow. Um. Then once I noticed it, there was. So blood. how many cocktails went out with a little piece of Dwayne in them? None. None. <laughs> no drop of Dwayne. No drop of Dwayne. Are you sure? I'm, I'm sorry to tell you guys, no drop of Dwayne. <laughs> You guys are going to have to wait for the next one. Um, but <laughs> If it, only it was an espresso martini, ex- right? Dude, those were those, – I love making espresso martinis. I'm I'm playing into the chocolate Donaldson. <laughs> this, listen, we haven't talked about it. We're going to get to it. We haven't talked about it, but there's a nick, there's a nickname conversation that we need to talk about. Yeah, I have a couple of nicknames. We'll definitely get into that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, Maybe in recommendations. We'll somebody look. came up to the bar and asked me, are you okay? And I was like, you know – yeah, I'm fine. You know, I'm just, you know, in service bar. I'm, I'm trying just, to burn this I'm ice. I'm just making some pineapple martinis. Exactly, <laughs> right? You know, I just, I just broke a glass. Everything's fine. And then I look down, and there's blood all in the fucking ice. And, you know, I look down at my hand, and my hand's just dripping. And then there it goes again. He's bleeding. He's bleeding. Is he okay? And then I look up. I look at my hand, and it's just, like, bleeding profusely. It, it, it was a lot. It was a lot. And the thing, the f- messed up part about it is I didn't feel it at all. Mm-hmm. I didn't you never f- do. You, you never, never do. feel it. You Dude, never feel it. See, the, the scene you're describing, and I'm glad that you led this entire story with, it was a $25,000 so night. Yeah. That right? That's how he started the story. It was a $25,000 <laughs> night. If you've ever worked at any joint that's a 20-plus night, I don't care how big your joint is. I don't care how many motherfuckers were on. You were moving. Yeah. And what ends up happening is you cut yourself. You don't know for five, six, seven minutes. You won't know it all. you're fucking moving. The adrenaline takes over, dude. You don't know. And they're hand cuts, dude. You've had so many hand cuts because you work in the restaurant business, man. My hands have been mauled at this point. The amount of stitches I've gotten on workers' comp from stupid bar accidents. I mean, I, I, I can't even count them anymore. I got one right now, you know? Yeah. Look at that bad boy. That's insane. I'll take a pic. Here, let me put a little. I'm gonna do a little selfie of that one. Yeah. Know, throw that on the show. Michael will love that because I never post any content. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in all seriousness, that is unbelievable. What a way to shut down the category. All right, 
Number five, we got blood in the ice. Health code violations. Oh, yeah. All there's right. There's one. Yeah, there's one. Exactly. Now, that's one, but we need another, okay, whether it's you or others. But, Mike, get back to the microphone. I'm there. I'm putting my charger in. Just keep <laughs> Mike, I need you for the introduction of this goddamn question. Difficulties. All right, leave me in. Uh, so here's the thing about health code violations. We have a motto on this show, mm-hmm. okay? We always say, protect the innocent and the guilty. Okay. Minimal effort from Michael there, but yes, and the guilty. Protect the innocent and the guilty. Dwayne, tell us about some health code violations Um, you've seen in your service industry career. I have seen a number of health code violations, and oftentimes, the number one health code violation is going to be the soda gun. Every time. Wow, okay. Every time. Every time. It the no matter how many times you rinse that thing off, especially if you come out of a busy busy weekend, because you know Eco Lab's not gonna come out until you have a busy weekend. They're either gonna come out right before the busy weekend or they're gonna come right after it, where everything's you know just a mess. Now explain explain what Eco Lab is. Eco Lab is I you know I all my service industry experiences in Maryland and Baltimore, so I don't know if they operate outside of Maryland. Um, but Eagle Lab Dispensal. I mean, those are the two. Okay. I mean, they're that's that's the two. Yeah. One day, in your serving, you know, in your serving experience, you're gonna see a person walk through your doors with a laptop, you know, holstered to their side, with a nice <laughs> little strap, and you know, they're just gonna walk in as if they know the place. Right, because it's their account, and they don't want to talk to anybody. They want to get in, and they want to get out. Exactly. That was Doctor Seuss. Exactly. <laughs> You're only gonna know it's Ecolab until you see the actual Ecolab on their shirt, or until you see your manager running up front to you know start directing them to you know <laughs> begin you know you know flustered you know asking you to what the re- hell are you doing here? Label everything. Label everything, you know what I mean? You know, make sure the coolers are up to temp, uh, all those things, right? Um, it's an extension of the health and hygiene. Plan. Exactly, exactly. They're an independent company that acts as a third party um, as part of the health and hygiene board. There's another con- uh, company that works with a lot of beer and soda lines called Dispensal that also has an arm that does very similar work where they go to restaurant businesses and they test basic like line um Mm. safety and like health regulations Mm. if you've ever been at a restaurant right and you order a draft beer and that draft beer tastes sour nine times out of ten the reason balls have been in it yeah well i mean the lines are really tight i have big fat balls but um yeah, yeah got, no. Got big fat balls. Doug, you've <laughs> seen them. So, like, I don't know why you're lying right now, but uh, no. <laughs> um, nine times out of ten, it's because no one has cleaned those lines in ages, and there is mold in those lines. And the mold is making the beer sour. You can taste it most with your light beers Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light, you know, Stella, mm-hmm. Natty Light, Milwaukee's Best, PBR. Like, those yeah, ones are the deeper. ones you'll tell. If they start to taste like apple juice, you need to start questioning, does this bar clean their lines? Mm -hmm. And that's what Ecolab is all about, is that they try to test soda lines and beer lines and things like that. So anyway, 
That's, Just a, that's an important distinction because not everybody who listens to this is in the service industry. Shout out to Taylor. And uh, I think it's good to uh, get a little bit of an insight into what yeah. a lot of the industry people know, you know, to uh, understand a little bit of the uh, the background that happens. Yeah. No doubt. And, 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 and while we're on this particular topic, one of the things that is key, one of the ways that you can tell a service industry person is if I have a draft beer special at my bar, but you deliberately order a bottle, I nine times out of ten think that you've worked in the business. Because you probably know that this line ain't clean and you don't care about how much cheaper it is. You're ordering your Miller Lite in a goddamn bottle. So you can always pick them out. Anyway, so Eagle Lab walks in. Eagle Lab walks in. Um, You know, like I said, managers coming in. Extremely frantic. Label everything. Make sure the water's up to temperature. I think it has to be up to like a hundred. It has to get up to like a hundred. Filters been changed. You know, filters, all Ice that good is stuff. Good to go. Yeah. Um, all the all the standards. The kitchen is, you know, probably one of the. Honestly, this is probably going to be a very like divided subject, but the kitchen is probably one of the easier things to set up for EcoLab. The reason why is because the kitchen has heat. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, bacteria can. Uh, and, and bacteria and mold and all these other things can occur on heat, but the, the kitchen products and line and um, equipment is in such high usage and there's such high heat mm-hmm. that nine times out of ten, even in the worst kitchen, the dirtiest kitchen, the actual equipment in the kitchen line can pass. Right. The problem is when things are wet yeah. and they are stable and they are not being touched. Yeah. And so that always sounds like sorry go on no 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 i'm just saying it's always <laughs> it's always lines dude it's beer lines it's soda lines it's always that stuff is where you fail you know they always. always talk about the lines but the one thing that's like commonly overlooked that people fail for is wine bottles why wine bottles that have been opened yeah ice bins ice bins you get the mold one. around the ice bins but that's again it's a wet situation you know they and, and, and nobody burns the It ice. depends on how strict they are because yeah. I've had Ecolab, you know, people come in and, you know, request that we burn the ice and then scrape the drain itself. Mm. You know what I yeah. mean? Like not checking the ice bin itself, but the actual drain to, you know, check for any blockages. And, you know, I actually, you know, if you've ever worked in a place where it's just like, it kind of seems like it's a little bit disoriented, um, Ecolab can either be the best or worst time to work. Because not only will you have something to do, um, but you'll also understand where the standard is supposed 100%. to be. So, like part of what you're saying is this group is trying to raise a health standard. Yeah. And I will – and I, I know Mike won't. I will never push back on that. Like yeah. I don't want people or bars to drop below that standard. Now, I do think that there is certain – um, there is a certain acceptance. Like, I go to certain bars because I know it's a dive and I love that it's shitty. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't mind if they dip sour, below a certain standard. I drink their yeah. sour beer and I pay in cash and I know that it's fucked. Mm. But I love that. Because when we talk about restaurants and bars on the show, we are talking about everything from food quality to taste to the cocktails they make, to the atmosphere, to the people that work there. There are so many facets of this. 
the reason I love the Atabar is not the same reason that I love the Bygone. Mm. Okay? I love the Bygone because it's the 20th floor of the Four Seasons Hotel, and everything I order is $40 or more, Mm -hmm. and it's the most beautiful view, and I feel like a goddamn king, and I have to wear a sport coat there. Okay? I love the auto bar because I can shoot pool for 50 cents, and I can get a bucket of Natty Bows for $5, and I have to pay in cash, and nine times out of ten, they lose my ticket. I also think that they might get shut down by the health department any day. I love Don't both bars. Don't you talk shit on the auto bar? I, I'm not. I'm not. I love both bars. So why, why did why did you say why did you say in particular the uh, the the guns? The soda guns are probably one of the most overlooked things. They never get cleaned. They never get cleaned ever. And even if they are cleaned, I feel like they probably aren't cleaned enough. And they take the most hand contact. Mm-hmm. There are more people. Touching their face, touching their mouth, not washing their hands, touching yep. a soda gun than anything else in the entire restaurant business. Touching glasses. Dirty good. little guns. Dirty little guns. Yeah, dirty little guns. It's the most dangerous gun in America, but that can be debated later. Um, <laughs> all right. What a way to shut down that question. We usually would hop into a halftime here, but we've taken many a break. So we're going to hop right in to the second phase of the gauntlet. Dwayne is crushing it. Dwayne, before we move... To question number six. I have a very important question yeah, for you. Good. It's kind of our midpoint. Usually we have a halftime. We come out of the halftime. We always ask you this. I'm it's ready. very important. We call it our kickoff question. Okay. Ranch or blue cheese? I'm a big blue cheese guy. You want to know okay. why? I do want to know why. Yes. I love the chunks. It's like oh! you're, you're, you're getting two things in one. My guy. You're getting two <laughs> things in one. There's nothing better than dipping a hot wing. A flat for My that. My yeah, flat. yeah flat I love flats. I'm a inside, flat guy. Inside, you know the, you know what, whatever ramekin you're getting, and then you see that little, you know, bit of blue true, cheese true, just true, caked true. up on there, and it's just so, it's amazing. So, Ibar. Oh, dude, Ibar is the amazing. The chunks and the Ibar. The chunks, I, you know, Ibar. I've been hearing so there's a, there's a local bar in our area called Ibar. And they specialize pretty much in wings. That's their thing. You know, that's their thing. They, they're known to have the best wings in Baltimore. And I, when I was in high school, dude, I used to eat wings every day when I came home from I love school. Them. I love wings. They're, if they wouldn't kill me, I would eat them every day. Will they kill you, though? Yeah. I think they're nutritious. I think they're nutritious. You know what? You're, you're going to fucking die anyway, so eat up. <laughs> exactly. I think spicy food is good for you as well, especially if you're eating hot wings, right? Yeah, my asshole doesn't feel the same way. Speeds up the metabolism. Yeah, yeah well, it I speeds mean, up how much I itch my asshole. So. You probably got Okay, eat, thanks you for gotta, talking about your you asshole again there, Steve. <laughs> you need me to you I should go so wings. hot. I should go. <laughs> you just got to eat so hot that there's no, you know, there's no feeling whatsoever. All the capsaicin in the wings. I should just burn the feeling how, off how my hot? own assholes. That what you're Come on, exactly. for real. How how exactly. how hot do you how hot do you go for real? I no seriously on the scale of Ibar, how how hot have you gone? I, I go hot. I go all the way hot. Like atomic hot? Yeah, atomic hot. You're a madman. I I will get ten. <laughs> I'll get ten. But if I'm gonna eat, you know, fifteen or twenty, I'll Chef's get style. you know regular. You, know, you get some regular, regular hot style, buffalo and chest some, And then you should get some atomic. Okay. I. You're mad, man. I do really enjoy hot stuff, though. I have a so I, do I. I have but a I like, game. I like Asian hot. Asian hot is a different type of hot. Asian I hot know is, that's is the hot, thing. hot, dude. I like Saudi Arabian and Middle Eastern and Asian hot, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, it works better with my system. Yeah. Than, like some type of 
You know what hot I can't stand? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't mean like can't stand like I don't enjoy, but like I, it doesn't mesh with me. It's Hispanic hot or like some type of like a lot some of, type of Latin yeah. hot food. I don't know it's what the different racist, spices dude. are. They don't quite mesh with me, but I'm telling you, man, it's that Middle peppers, Eastern dude. or that Indian hot or that Asian hot, oh, oh, that's my that's my go-to. But these wings, they're amazing. They're they're amazing. And they're that amazing. blue cheese chunk, there's nothing like chef yeah. style with, with a the blue, Parmesan. Yeah. And the garlic. garlic. And the hot. Yeah. And the blue cheese chunk. And they are just, It's dude, amazing. They're the woman crispy. that started the place is from Buffalo. Mm-hmm. She legit. She's as authentic as the wings are. Yeah. She's incredible. They're, they're all amazing there. And, you know, I went there for the first time probably about like a month and a half ago. And I had a really great time. The first time I actually sat in there, you know, was with my guy Steve here. And, you know, we went in there, had a really great time. I got wings to go just because you know i did you know we were getting off work i didn't want to eat them in there i wanted to eat them at home and one of my biggest quarrels with to-go food is mm. getting home and it not being good yeah these wings dude they were they're better amazing cold. they're actually sneaky better cold <laughs> i swear to god you said they're what? They're no, sneaky, come on, dude. Better cold. Nobody wants oh, yeah. cold wings. Oh yeah the sauce. No, 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 you don't understand. I don't believe you. I don't believe either of you. When I go to Ibar I order my dinner order for that night, and then I order the exact same order again to go, and yeah. I put it in my I've fridge. I've been to Ibar. I'm not going to go there and order cold wings. You're wrong, dude. Not cold. <laughs> just wrong. You'll have just cold wrong. wings. you got to get the, the best The way that the sauce, like, like melts into it, it like, solidifies it itself. Homogenizes. I oh, think my that's God. It congeals <laughs> with the fucking meat, and it's like the next morning you eat it, and you're like, whoa. Yeah. Plus, the other thing, I will say this. Chicken that has been fried, that then is chilled, yeah. is that most firm, plump, ready-to-go chicken. I have like, a disgusting It's still not as said. good as fresh fried chicken. You're wrong. I have a disgusting No, I'm not wrong. wrong. I'm not wrong. You're actually wrong. Real, Southeast real, Kansas, fucking city of coal yeah, miners. That's our history. Boy. Real fat boys would know, dude. You're so wrong on this one. Dude, don't you tell me about fucking fat boys, okay? I'm not going to sit here our, and my tell fucking, you how to load my, my, my spud. fucking chicken houses have been on Food Network. Don't you fucking dare sit here and tell me how to eat it, my it reminds me. It reminds me. I can't remember which comedian it is, but he's arguing with his stepdaughters about pizza. And they're like, cold pizza's better. And he's like, mm. the only reason fucking cold pizza exists is because hot pizza is so good. Okay, so I'm not saying that Ibar's cold wings aren't absolutely delicious. I believe you, but I guarantee their hot fucking hot wings are much better. We're having two and I'll different fight conversations. You. I'll fight you both. I'll We're fight you both at the no same time. No one is disagreeing with you. We're having two different conversations. I will take Ibar hot fresh wings over anything else. All I'm saying is, is that fried chicken, one of the most underrated things about it is that yeah. if you then chill it, it is the most firm, plump, like juicy chicken that you'll ever eat. It's like, so good. I promise Except you Except for this. a hot, fresh fried chicken. So, it's for so years, good. It's so good. I make, I make the best chicken salad known to man. You know why? Because what I do is I fry chicken cutlets, I chill them, and then I chop them up and I make a chicken salad. And it will be the most juicy fucking chicken you ever ate. And it's the best chicken salad you ever ate. You know why? Because that chicken was fried... It was part of the cooking process, but it needed to be chilled to be the cold chicken salad. All I'm saying is we are debating two different dishes, okay? <laughs> we are we are talking about a next-day chilled option, okay? I'm not denying that the, the hot, fresh wings are great. They are the best. 
All right? But the next day, chilled option needs its own ranking, its own category. Let's keep it moving. I think it's like eating right? cold spaghetti. Let's keep it moving. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was with you until you said that. All right. <laughs> All right. Number six, ratchet and crazy customers. Or we've also expanded this category. Michael, tell it's a memorable customers. Maybe somebody who uh, left a warm impression on your soul. Um, unfortunately, I don't have too many. If I'm going to be honest, wait, um, warm, warm, rememberable customers, or I do have a memorable customer. Ones? I do have a memorable customer. Tell, tell, tell us about, about the memorable one. customer. We need a little bit more feel good. When I used to work at BJ's Brewhouse, I used to serve the guy who played Walter White in, you know, Breaking Bad. No fucking way. Shut up. I I served him, you know, at BJ's Brian Cranston? Yeah, he came to BJ's Brewhouse in Towson. Really? Yeah. It was a very random thing. I couldn't even begin to tell you why he was there, but I did serve him. He was a really nice guy. Um, Me being the person I am, I didn't, you know fangirl over this guy you know and like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I was, you respected you know, his space i respected his space i wanted him to have a good time i want him to have a nice outing right um mm-hmm. so it was all by the book um with that being said he was a great guy he, re- he really was a great guy i've served a couple of you know like local celebrities yeah. as well um but you know it, you know just hilarious i don't know you can look her up on instagram just hilarious she's a comedian um, on, you know, Instagram and TikTok. And she's very famous from being, you know, from Baltimore. And, you know, I've served her a couple of times. She was really, really fun. Um, you know, left great tips, you know, got great drinks, you know, had a great time. But, you know, you know, Walter White from Breaking Brad was probably <laughs> the, the... By all accounts, I mean, we're talking about the dad from Malcolm in the Middle. I mean, exactly. that's good Thank you, Steve. Because exactly. that's where I'm like... <laughs> Absolutely. Like that, you know, so it's crazy. I love him. He's such an underrated 
actor. He's Absolutely. so much range. Is he though? I mean, Breaking Bad's pretty big. I mean, the man has had a thirty-year career. I mean, have you seen The Judge? No. He's in a new HBO show called The Judge, where he plays this corrupt polit- uh, politician judge. It's incredible. His range is amazing, man. He can do everything from comedy to. See, I mean, it's it's him, it's Gary Oldman. There's a handful of guys in his generation. I mean, like Gary Oldman, you look at like the Sixth Sense, and then he's the Commissioner Gordon in Batman. It's like, holy fuck, this guy didn't have hair on his head five minutes ago. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, the range of some of these guys to go from comedic to serious is just, it's outstanding. Anyway, all right, number... Wow, wow, wow. Gary Cooper, bitch. (laughs) Number seven, fights, arrests, and fires. One of my favorite categories. I'm a bit Mm. of a pyro. You're a bit of a pyro. I haven't uh, got to say this until uh, this pod. I was waiting for this question. (laughs) I'm with the hottest pyro in Baltimore right now. This man told me on 4th of July, I said, what are you doing for 4th of July? He goes, I'm putting fireworks in watermelons. I go, what? And he goes, that's <laughs> oh, you right. told me about this. Yes, I go, what? And he goes, I want to explode some watermelons with some goddamn fireworks. <laughs> I said, are you serious? Yeah. I fucking love this guy. I love this guy. I did not know this was you, but you Steve might be did as much tell of a me about this. Me. So tell the people In about the Fights, Arrests, and Fires, right? Like, when does shit pop off? Things have popped off probably, you know, honestly. And if you want to speak on the watermelon situation, I'd Okay, we'll speak on the watermelon situation first. <laughs> all right, all right. So, you know, it was my birthday. My birthday's November 12th. You know, hashtag shout out to the Scorpios. It's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up very quickly. Um, and we decided that we were going to go to a nice restaurant and then we were going to go to Field of Screams afterwards, right? Field the, of Screams, which is some kind of like a haunted kind yeah, of experience. Yeah, it's, it's you know, something. it's a it's a haunted house type of thing, but it's not like your typical right. It's it kind of has like a more of a amusement park feel to it. It's just very okay. organized. Um, we decided to do that, and then you know we came off, and then we decided, you know what, fuck it, we're in PA, let's get some fireworks, right? <laughs> so we go to the nearest spirit, which is probably like six miles away or so. And we get there, and they're having all sorts of deals, mind you. My wait, so wait, Sp- Spirit Halloween, yeah, the the spirit like so they sell fucking fireworks. Yeah, dude. No, wait. I I'm, I did not know this. I'm maybe I'm misspeaking. I don't think it was Spirit Halloween. It might have been another another type of thing. But um, definitely, you know that Grim Reaper. You know that, you know whatever it is. At the end of the day, we went to go get fireworks, regardless. Okay. Whether it's I, did, I didn't mean to just rally. I just wanted to know because yeah, there's a spirit near me and right. I need some fireworks. fireworks. Yeah, we got the fireworks and they were having all sorts of deals. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you can buy five mortars for, you know, like 60 bucks, right? We go in there. We all have, you know, we dedicated the amount that we were going to spend before we went in there. And I was with about four or five other people. We said, all right, we all have $300 to spend on fireworks. <laughs> $300 on fireworks is maybe not that much. But, it's really not. But it's enough. It it's is enough. enough. It's enough. Oh, absolutely. We decided that we were going to get a bunch of mortars, a bunch of Roman candles. Um, and, you know, we decided to go back to, you know, Baltimore, which is like 45 minutes away. And, you know, we decided that we were going to go ahead and light these things off. The thing is, uh, at the time, 
I had a family member that worked at a farm, Weber's Farm in oh, Parkville, wow. if you guys know about Weber's Farm. And we decided to buy a bunch of watermelons because, you know, they got a discount. So we bought like 15 watermelons. <laughs> I mean, it's the end of the season. You got to get rid of them. You got to get rid of them. You got to get rid of them. <laughs> we decided to buy like 15 watermelon. And, you know, we were outside having a great time. You know, we were kind of divvying them up between everybody. Um, honestly, between like all the watermelon that we bought, we probably spent maybe 20 bucks. And mind <laughs> you, we had we had at least 15 watermelon. Um, so How many been- pyrotechnics are we talking here? I'm I'm fifteen watermelon. I'm the sole pyrotechnic here. I'm the I'm I'm the only one here who's just like let's blow some shit up. So you know we got the mortars. They're called barely legal. If you guys have ever heard of them, yep. you know they're barely well, I've legal. Heard of something like that. But I can on. actually get into this entire story. But this this night was crazy. This night was crazy. We're out on you know this elementary school. You know, field. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. We're out on this elementary school field lighting off fireworks. And, you know, I had used to live around the area. So I knew the area pretty well. So I was like, you know, if anything goes bad, I know where to go. You know, if if we need to run, I know where to run. <laughs> we're lighting off mortars, you know what I mean? And then, you know, 45 minutes goes by. And, you know, we're just still lighting off mortars. And everybody gets bored, right? So I'm like, all right, let's you know start putting mortars in these fucking watermelon. <laughs> of you course, what we're gonna we're gonna put them out there. We're gonna put them out there. Make sure. I we're love s- how you just use the plural of watermelon without without the s. It was just let's start putting mortars in these watermelon. <laughs> I'm not. I'm That's not, not gr- something that you get to say a lot and properly <laughs> use grammar. There, it's not watermelon. I'm not the greatest at. Uh, the grammar, watermelon phonetics. I'm not. The no, greatest. I think you actually. No, it, used no, it. <laughs> it played very well. Yeah. I um, you know, I decided let's put these. You know, we're, we're gonna put them in the watermelon, right? I'm. A, I'm. A, I feel personally that I'm experiencing that uh, famous symphony scene. Dun 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 dun. dun That's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. Like that kind of thing. It was insane. We just started lining them up. Caddyshack. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, we just started lining them up. Because, mind you, when you have a mortar, you have to put them in the tube and you have to, you know, light them and all that other stuff. Watermelon, it's not that same thing. You just chuck them in the watermelon. You, you know, <laughs> cut up a nice little chunk out of it. And you put them in there and, you know, you're all good to go. You have explosive power. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we just started lighting these things off, dude. Just lighting them off one by one. I'm running down, you know, the field with a blowtorch, you know, like a, a camping. You shouldn't run with a blowtorch. You shouldn't kid. run with a blowtorch. <laughs> PSA service announcement for anyone listening out there that might be too loaded on nightcaps. Don't run with a blowtorch. Don't run with a blowtorch tonight. I decided unless to run you with have extra torch. watermelons and um, then do what you do, gotta do. That's you know? factual. That's factual. I decided I was gonna run with the blowtorch and you know light all these watermelons. We had like nine lined up, mind you. We had all bought fifteen. And there was only like four of us there. So, you know, nobody's going to hold two watermelon in their car. Two watermelons? Two watermelon. Nobody's going to hold two watermelon <laughs> well, it's, in their it's, car. Actually, it's watermelon eye. Watermelon eye. Watermelon Nobody's going to have two watermelon eye in their car. So, we decided to go <laughs> off, you. you know, light these things up. And then, as soon as that <laughs> happens, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it was just as quick as it came. There's watermelon blown up all over the field. You know, just everywhere, everywhere. But we still had like 15 mortars left. You know, it's 4th of July. Everybody's like, you know, what do we do now with the rest of the mortars? I'm like, 
we're going to, you know, just light them off. We're just going to start experimenting, I guess. Because I'm the pyromaniac. I'm just like, you know, let's see what happens if we do this. We start doing a bunch of crazy stuff, tying them together, lighting off five or six at one time. Seems seems very safe. Very yeah. safe. It was so safe, dude. I, you know, it was so safe. Sounds well, like how, how did they how did they go off those watermelon because average Tuesday <laughs> because a mortar you know it has the initial psh, yeah and then boom right after that right yeah so I mean how did they how do they react to the watermelon the watermelon I, it, like I, I said you cut a chunk out of the watermelon you just shove that thing in there there's there's not too much <laughs> thought that goes into this all you got to make sure is the wick no no, is no I just dry. mean after you light it off though does the watermelon like shimmy a little bit after oh no it is the watermelon lit? is gone. <laughs> The watermelon is gone. There's no watermelon left. You know what I mean? You could stand there with your mouth open after you're catching snowflakes. You don't even need a blender, okay? If somebody wants a watermelon daiquiri, they just got got it. All you got to do is hold your glass out with a shot of fucking vodka in it, and you have one. You got it right there. You got one right there. It was was amazing. Like like Steve said, it was like that one symphony song. Um, And, you know, we're just having a great time. Then, you know, we like I said, we started to, you know, just light them off randomly. I had a friend who was holding the actual mortar pipe itself and, you know, letting the actual fireworks shoot out in his hand. Like, he's shooting yeah. them off. Yeah, I said, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, you could blow your hand oh, off. Oh, come on, man. You know, there's it's a video a on idea. my TikTok, actually, where he did it wrong and put it upside down, and the Ooh. mortar did not shoot out. Ooh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does he Luck- still have his hand? He does still have his hand. Luckily, it wasn't in his hand at that time. That was the one time he decided not to do it. To toss it. Yeah, that to was a good it. time. To toss it, exactly. Thank Christ. Um, next thing you know, police rolls up. And, you know, like I said, we're Oh, on- whoa, 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 whoa. Hold this. We might need to get back we to might. this part of the story. Hold we on. Might. <laughs> oh, wait. This is fights, arrest, and fire. This Did is somebody fights, get arrest arrested? And fi- Nobody got arrested, thankfully, because you have me. I'm the pyrotechnic maniac. <laughs> I, I, I am the mega mind of it all. Um... Police rolls up and they actually drive onto the field that we're on, you know, driving in the grass, pulling up on the bleachers. Mind you, we had a case of like, you know, 12 pack Coronas. And, you know, my one friend is like 20 years old. Um, so, so it all worked out. It all, it, it, all, it all worked out, but we had to run. We definitely had to run. <laughs> we definitely had to just run. think people as they're running this. So- <laughs> this song is playing in the background. Now we can't. Now we can't play this because that's probably a. Yeah, we know the fucking song. Yes. Yeah, we've all seen. Watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. Watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. Okay, put the fucking phone down, Steve. Jesus goddamn Christ. All right, you get. You're drunk. You get a goddamn punishment. No. Dude, I'm telling you, the nightcaps would do that. The nightcaps right. would do that. But unbelievable. What a time. It, it was crazy. What a 4th of July. All right. Question number eight. And this probably leads from <laughs> that particular. So, that wasn't even a fucking bartending story. <laughs> it was perfect. Shut your goddamn mouth. I don't marvelous. have any fights or rest or fire. Shut your goddamn mouth. No, that's perfect. Shut I your goddamn mouth. All right. Number eight. Stick a mortar in my <laughs> mouth. This probably and probably Let's go. <laughs> You're my water. You're my fucking watermelon huckleberry. All right. Question number eight. And this probably leads from that same night because okay. I assume additional debauchery was had. Um, we used to have number eight just be sex stories, but we've expanded this category. Michael, explain to him where this category has, has kind of evolved to. 
Oh, I don't have to explain anything. Just sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, baby. Sex, you can tell us any of those stories. Uh, rock and roll. I, you know, I lo- love Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> no, no, no. But um, in terms of in, in terms of the bar business, no, I don't have too many sex stories. But I can say I um got the name Chocolate Donaldson by you know making myself more appealable to old women. So let's Whoa. talk about that. Let's talk okay. about it. Let's talk about that. So. We led this entire episode by me uh, kind of introducing you and you say, you know, you sharing with the people. The way that we met is you walked in for an interview and we yeah. kind of had a, a little conversation um, about who you were, who I was. You know, that's my style. Mm-hmm. I do not like to really dig into experience before I get to know somebody. I really right. want to know who they are. And one of the things that you shared with me early on is like, you're a big personality. You mm-hmm. like to be primetime. And I remember in that interview that you said to me, yeah, I'm showtime, I'm primetime. And I'm like, what is that? And I was like, and, and you said, that's my alter ego. And I I laughed at the time, in not, not in jest, but thinking like, I love that. I love this guy's confidence. I love the way that he is uh, so sure of himself. I, I think the best quality in people is that they are unapologetically themselves, mm-hmm. right? I, I really do. And, we started working together, and I want to say it was like probably our second or third shift. And I say to you, hey, you know, your name's Dwayne Donaldson. You got any nicknames? Does anybody call you Double D? And you stop me right there, and you just jump right in, and you go, most people call me Chocolate Donaldson. <laughs> and I go, what? My head spun around. I was like, wait, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Chocolate Donaldson? He goes, yeah, it's either that or Showtime. (laughs) I was like, okay, that's quite a nickname. And I was always fishing for that story. So this Mm -hmm. is perfect that we're putting it on wax. How do you get the Chocolate Donaldson nickname? Because it's smooth and it's rich and it's delicious. It's delicious. But I want to know the origin story. (laughs) I actually got the name from um, one of my friends who – used to bartend at the bar that I used to work at. Okay. And, you know, before I had actually gotten my full-on, you know, bartending experience, I would go back behind the bar and make drinks, right? Right. Just, you know, just because that's what I wanted to do. When I was serving, you know, I would make sure everything, everybody was all taken care of. So I, you know, would just go back behind the bar and make drinks while I had my bow time. Um, she was a great bartender. I, I, I want to I put this all on her. You know, her name's Danielle. I want to put this all on her. She was a great bartender. She pretty Let's almost get her on. taught me how... She actually said she wanted to be here. Let's get her on. Let's get her on. We're, we're getting to going. that segment of the, the podcast. Don't worry. You're right. You're she right. Um, pretty much taught me everything that I know. Um, besides, a, you know, let's, let's just say 50-50, right? She taught me 50% of what I know. <laughs> um, and with that being said, you know, she had a great personality behind the bar. Everybody loved her. That was the one way that, you know, I was able to notice that you could bring an entire bar together, right? That's one thing about bartending is, like, you you don't have to serve everybody in themselves, you know what I mean? Like, you can create an experience for everybody at the bar. You can make this a venue, right? You can, yeah. you can make this for everybody. Um, she, had, she did a great job of doing that, and... She, was she the one that donned this nickname on you? She was. She was. And it was because of what? Older ladies hitting it? You? Older lady, dude. Older ladies, <laughs> older men. It it was oh. everything. It was everything. <laughs> I would, dude. 
You see me step behind the bar. You have a very smooth quality. I one of my favorite things about you <laughs> is the way that you pour a bottle. God damn it. I'm serious. If you've never seen him do it, you got to. He flips. Dwayne, if you feel uncomfortable, wink at me. Dog. Just, no. I, I'm not there, but I, I have a phone. I can help you. Dwayne Dwayne flips every bottle with an accent. Okay. There is not a drink he pours that doesn't have a little Genesequa on it. And I'm telling you, you notice this. You notice this mm-hmm. when he's back there. And so I can, un- you know, I led this entire pod by saying we got Barry White, <laughs> bartender Barry White on the show. But like, this man is smooth. Like, I, I do think that there is that quality. And when I heard the name Chocolate Donaldson, I thought, man, there has to be some. There has to be some bravado behind that. There has to be yeah. some some type of story, and and maybe she noticed that too. Danielle noticed that too. She did. She definitely noticed that, um, and the people behind, you know, on the other side of the bar noticed that as well. Um, and we just had so many people consistently just coming in, you know, wondering who is this person making our drinks, right. because that, like I said, I wasn't a bar back. I wasn't, you know, a bartender at this time. I was just a regular server. You're some guy. But I was coming back for behind. Them, exactly. I was coming behind the bar making everybody's drinks for So me. So, look, this yeah, is they're like, wait, 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 wait. Where is he going? Why is he leaving? Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to go take care of the other tables in the dining room. That's where I'm going. <laughs> well, look, this is sex, drugs, and rock and roll, baby. So, let me ask you this, right? What's the oldest woman that's ever hit on you at, at the bar? The oldest? The oldest? Gladys? No, it's probably 85, like a, broken hip. Like a lean know. India. Asked if you could hold her up. That kind of thing. Come on, Gladys. It's Leave probably more like a Charlotte, honestly. Charlotte? I want to like, say probably like a 65, closer to 70. A Between 65 and 70. See, see Steve, I, I love you. You're one of the greatest hosts I've ever listened to. But this is the question that you should have asked. Which is what's the best pickup line you've ever heard from uh, an older person the across the pickup line? Of yeah, course. What what of what have what have those old what have those old nasty geezers said uh, across the bar to try and pick you up? The best pickup line, you know. The thing is, they don't typically come in with pick pickup lines anymore. You've heard they're, one. Though. You know, they're they're too old. Honestly, I haven't heard one. They usually always start off by asking me how old I am. Oh. And that's how they start the hitting. And that's how that's how they start, right? Right. But let me, that's that's how the conversation. So maybe starts. a better question is, no matter young, old, when you've been behind the bar, mm-hmm. what is the most forward thing someone has said to you while you've been behind the bar? Um, the most forward thing somebody has said behind me, t- behind the bar. Not behind you, but behind the bar, Be- yeah, or behind, behind the you bar. at the bar. Either <laughs> yeah, way, I've gotten both. Um, <laughs> um, was probably literally just straight up. You should come home with me. And who said that? Who it said was, that? To it you? was like a fifty-year-old woman who worked mm. for you know the county schools in my area. Describe her uh, to me. <laughs> and tell me about her. She was great. She she was a great time. Espresso martini. You know what I mean. Mm. Filet mignon, medium rare, uh, <laughs> broccoli and spinach. 
You know, great time. She was a great time, and he she described, described her. Describe her physic. I know you guys can't see this, but I have my cat in my lap right now, and I feel like uh, an evil villain no, asking this question. Arm, we can see your arm. Describe her can't to see me. The cat. Are you sure? She what did she? Was, <laughs> right. What did she, she look like? She was sophisticated. And sophisticated. Yeah. Sophisticated. You know, like she said, ordered us a, a flaming medium If she had a name, rare. what would the name be? A name? What would it be? Huh. Uh, I want to say Tiffany. I want to say Tiffany. Interesting. I think was Tiffany, she a blonde? She wasn't a blonde. She was actually an older black woman. You know, okay. just black hair. I don't know and why I'm stuck in the name Therese for some reason. Therese is not an attractive name. No. If I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not an attractive name. And that I don't think <laughs> Tiffany is either. Sorry. We can debate Tiffany, that later. You, you know, sorry, Therese. Could be a very attractive name. You know, <laughs> Tiffany is just like you know. She, you know, she was fun. She, you know, she, she was me. fun. She was fun. <laughs> she laughed with me behind the bar. You know what I mean? And, you oh, know, Lord. ended up asking me for my number later on the, down the road. Nice. And I, you know, I, you know, I'm a nice guy. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you. I'm always open for conversation. Take me out for drinks. Exactly. But she was not <laughs> up for that. She actually told me that she had a son that was older than me. Okay. So that was, you know, that was the that was the kill point. That was the kill point. <laughs> the kill point. But yeah, yeah. She, she was basically like, "Come home with me or don't." I'm not yeah, gonna take no. you. Out. I'm and not gonna I play this like, game. You know what? I'm trying to go to the bars. We after. good. We good. We're yeah. gonna. Tiffany be knew what she I gotta wanted. make some nightcaps. Honey. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Mike, number nine. Tee him up. Well, come on. I don't want to leave that category. That was too much fun. <laughs> no, we need to. Oh, Tiffany. I feel bad for Tiffany. She you knew don't what know she a question, Ron, do you? Yes, I do. I have my fucking card right in front of me. I'm just so read number nine, like you an son evil of a villain. Bitch. Read number nine. So question number nine: hazing, pranks, mm. and games. Steve yeah. and I's favorite category. That's of right. This Steve and I's podcast. favorite. I mean, Mike and I's favorite category. Um, hazing, pranks, <laughs> yeah, and games. Yeah, you're getting punished, motherfucker. <laughs> no, that was purposeful. I did that on purpose. So yeah, sure you did. A couple of uh, bar hazing experiments that you know I've. Had, but I, I was never part of. I've never been hazed. You know what I mean? Like nobody's ever necessarily played those games with me, just because. Allegedly. The places that I've worked at, I've always come in with you know, the demeanor as if, as if I'm you know I, I know. I know what I'm, what I'm doing. doing no, you know what I mean? Me. Like, it's not really necessarily Donaldson. don't fuck with me. It's like <laughs> you can challenge me if you want to, but it's probably going to be a waste of your time, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I do have experience in, you know, like hazing other bartenders. You know, we did, you know, the simple ones. This is like water bombs, right? I don't know if you guys know what that is. What's it's a water like, bomb? A water bomb is basically where, you know, a new bartender, a new server picks up a check. You know, they go in, you know, ring in appetizers or whatever. And you go in and ring in like 99 waters on their check. Oh, come on, man. Yeah. That's fucked up. It, you know, it, it, it's, 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 it's simple yeah it's almost it's innocent you know In, what i mean non-invasive it's non-invasive you yeah. know what i mean you're not really getting into the way of their work for but sure you're definitely making your mark right <laughs> you're definitely making your mark other than that i haven't had any other t like ex really ex real experiences but i have made you know my bar back carry a, a keg you know like a couple you know you know feet from the walk-in to the actual bar without you know roller and just putting like him that. in putting him in his place you exactly know? establishing the trying to give him a hurry you, you need know? to know what you're getting yourself into you do you need to know what i'm what i expect of you and whenever there's you know a lack of resources you need to know what you're gonna have to do well well how about we switch this to a different mindset yeah. anything to pass the time any games you know i mean we both know um 
Besides flirting with the old women yeah. or men. We, we both know that when it's slow, <laughs> it can be brutal. And mm-hmm. you have to find uh, ways to keep yourself agile mentally. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what have you done to pass the time? Um, To pass the time, I've honestly just made like... So, you know in Uno, there's a card where you can you know pretty much choose any color, right? Yeah. Right? Sure. A wild card. A wild card. Yeah, wild so card. So, we sure. would oftentimes give those to guests if they, you know, if they wanted it. You know, I I would, you know, an go up. An actual Uno wild card? An actual Uno wild card, right? And, you know, okay. they would say a color, you know, red, blue, you know, whatever the color was. And we would make them a drink based off of that. Um, cool. It would come out that color. It, ne- it wouldn't necessarily come out that color. That's the thing about it. It, was it would con- have it would, it some would... element of that exactly. color. Exactly. Okay. It was mostly so random. So it's green chartreuse. The, the card is green. Exactly. It has green chartreuse exactly. in it. Exactly. You it doesn't red, necessarily come out Or it's like fresh and minty. It doesn't exactly. have to be green. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. You get you know red, you're getting something with Campari. That's fun. You know what I mean? You know, blue, you're doing something with, you know. With... And building a guest experience. In that exactly. Regard. Exactly. So we had a really great time doing that. Guests really enjoyed it because, you know, after, you know, one or two nightcaps, I don't think you know what you want to drink anyway. Fair enough. Right? Another so, nightcap. Exactly. Another nightcap or we can give <laughs> Five you a more nightcaps. Five more nightcaps, exactly. please. Exactly. God so, damn it. We had a really great time doing that, but that was probably one of the, you know, main games that we played. We would also do, like, bingo for, you know, like, you know, the actual Bartender staff. bingo? Bartender bingo. Oh, uh, one of staff. my favorites. Yeah, it's fun. You grab the board. You come up with terrible scenarios that mm-hmm. happen to your bartenders. If it happens to you in a night, you take up an extra $20 out of the tip jar. Yep. So you break a glass. Somebody stiffs you on a check. You do, you know, you've uh, dropped a tray. You know, all the things that you don't want to happen. You don't try so, for them to happen. But if they do happen, you take home an extra 20 bucks. So what's what's the free space in bartender bingo? The free space is a spilled drink. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, that was our free space. I don't know about anybody else, but the free space for us was a spilled drink. I want to say something quippy here, but I have nothing. Um, so uh, I'm just going to be honest, and I'm going to move us to question number 10. Dwayne, you have done an incredible job cutting through the gauntlet, some amazing stories. Yeah, despite Steve and I. Yeah, I mean, we've really been derailing you, and uh, as, <laughs> have these, as have these nightcaps um, been derailing us. Uh, question number 10, firing and quitting stories, or as we affectionately call this category. Getting 86th. Getting 86th. I have been 86th once, um, and that was for, honestly, I haven't really analyzed why it was for. It was, it was, you know, it was a corporate decision. There was a whole, you know, corporate investigation as to why this Ooh, entire, investigation. There, there was an entire group of people that was, you know, 86th at one time. Okay, what's the context? The context was, you know, I wasn't necessarily working at this place anymore. Um, Oh, you already were gone. I I was gone, but I was still on. I was still getting, you know, put on the schedule. You know, I was out pickup, right? That's the thing about the restaurant business. You can like pseudo work places. Exactly. I've pseudo worked like five bars where I'm like, I haven't worked there in three months, and oh my god. They need me for a Sunday. Exactly. You know, sometimes I can be great. Sometimes it's, you know, right. just very depressing. So you're pseudo-working this Exactly. Um, and it was a Valentine's Day. I decided to go to the bar, you know, after, you know, my day at my other job. And there were a bunch of other staff there. For whatever reason, I don't know. Um, the staff, you know, was just like, you know, let's have a great time. Everybody started taking shots. And I'm like, I don't 
technically work here anymore. So I'm gonna Speaking take shots. shots. That's an old. I don't. I don't mean to interrupt. That's I don't know if we've ever had two trains on the same Everyone episode, drink. Michael. No, Cheers, everybody. Trust me. They come and they go. So anyway, the whole staff is there. Ooh. Yeah. Is so. Tiffany there? That's my main question. Tiffany is not there. It's all no. staff at this all point. Right, all staff. It's all staff at this point. Um. It was like I said. It was a very busy day. It was another one of those twenty-five thousand dollars, almost twenty, you know, almost thirty k days. Um, and the you know the manager on duty comes out and is like, "All right, everybody, take a shot." Right? Everybody that was on the staff that night took a shot, and that's where it all went downhill. <laughs> he, that, poisoned he, po- <laughs> he poisoned them. He poisoned them. That's where it Who's all your went manager, downhill. Jim Jones. Dude, not only <laughs> were we on. we were not only were we all taking shots, but we were taking shots of Hennessy. Which is one of the top, you know, sellers at our bar at the time, so you know, relatively expensive, and then it just, you know, went downhill. Everybody got shit faced. Uh, everybody was drunk. You know what I mean? And mind you, the restaurant at that time closed at ten o'clock. We were in there until one o'clock. Mm-hmm. So, if you ever have had any management experience in, you know, any restaurant or whatever, there's typically something you have to submit at the end of the night. Right. Whether it's, you know, like an EOD report or, you know, just general sales. The manager on duty at that time did not send that through because we were all taking shots and, you know, just getting lit. So not only did the general manager call, but the corporate manager from Florida actually called us and, you know, asked why was that not submitted? So (laughs) I'm not going to go into all the things that happened that night. There were, you know, arguments. There was a lot of drinking. There was glass breaking. It was just, you know. And then what? The hammer came down on you? The hammer came down on everybody. It was because I was there. In- was it in- including the manager? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. it was a full team 86 Yeah, it was a full team 86 How many people? Damn. I want to say about seven people. Wow. <laughs> seven wow. people. That's a guillotine with a wide berth right there, exactly. my friend. Seven motherfuckers down in the evening. It was insane. And Jesus. It was just, you know, everybody had really awkward conversations after that. It changed the entire, you know, ecosystem of the restaurant, you know, following and Oh was, yeah. I mean seven people are like go. I mean, yeah, that's a Yeah. It's like and losing the coral reef. Give me a break. Exactly. Unfortunately, you know, five of the best workers from the building at that time were there at that one time and were fired. So um, I will say I was fired. I was fired for being off the clock. Doug, fire this, man. That was a terrible analogy. Coral reef? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, dude? What Australia. The- you know? I will strangle you. (laughs) It's Steve. It's important to the ocean's ecosystem. Okay. (laughs) Dwayne was Dwayne was a polyp. I was. I was. You were a polyp. He was. He was an off-duty polyp. I was a pawn. But I I was fired for different reasons than everybody else was fired. I was fired. Of course, because that's a restaurant firing. That, right? you yeah. can't, they can't even give you the dignity to just fire me because of the way you fired everybody else. It always exactly. has to be some other <laughs> shit. I will say, I was fired because I decided to, like the bartenders that were on duty at that time were drinking with us, and they were drinking as well. So everybody was drunk, and the manager on duty was trying to get out of the building, but they weren't cleaning the bar. I was like, all right, I work here technically, I'm going to go back here and clean the bar. 
So I decided to go back behind the bar and clean the bar. And, you know, that's why I was fired. Understandably, Whoa. I was behind the bar without, you know, yeah, any Yeah, I mean, real it's a story as old as time. Yep. You get fired for cleaning the bar. We've all been there. the goddamn bar. He wasn't even, he, it wasn't even his shift. He was cleaning the fucking what, bar. What's funny is that anybody out there who's been in the service business, who's been in a shitty situation, whether it's like the story or not, you can relate to the fact that you got fired for some shit that didn't even make sense. Yeah. Not e- and I'm not talking about like you weren't even in the wrong. I'm talking about it just didn't make sense why, right? Yeah. They were like, Dwayne, what are you doing here? Are you are you working? Are you being productive? Are you cleaning the bar? Get, <laughs> you're finished. You're finished with this establishment. You'll never work in you this piece establishment of shit. again. Right? Like, that's crazy. That's insane. But um, that's this business, man. It's inevitable. Uh, and it, for all of us in some way, unless you own the joint or you have one of these unique unicorn relationships with mm. the place that you work at. And they're rare. They're very rare. But if you can find one, fucking hold on to it for dear life. Seriously. Or if they're just hurting for talent, you know. You just yeah, but that's coming, coming and going. That's 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 a gunslinger. That's somebody <laughs> that knows they're rolling out of town like somebody rolling out of Tombstone. Or maybe even High Noon. You never know. You never know. All right. You whistled. No, do the whistle. You're like Sorry. really good at that. That's crazy. How's my audio? I don't know. It seemed good at the beginning. Unbelievable. All right, Dwayne, what an unbelievable set of tales. Absolutely masterful dish through the gauntlet. Well done, my friend. Um, how do you feel? I feel great. You feel good. I do. How do you do feel? You, I mean, I feel loose, baby. Yeah, I, I feel like, like I could. That's that's what the nightcap's supposed to do. I feel like we. Might... Nobody get. Nobody gonna ask me. How do you feel, Mike? I give a fuck. Drunk, motherfucker. Yes, That's how I sir. feel. <laughs> I, I, I feel a little drunk, too. I feel a little drunk, too. I almost feel like going and getting my hidden stash of fireworks, which I have in the cabinet downstairs in the bathroom, and putting them in some type of melon. But we'd have to find the melon. He never he never even took them away from Bonnie View Mansion. They've been there this no, entire time. No, I saved them here. I saved them here. All right. Um, this is what we call our cleanup. We also call it kind of our how's our driving. It's your critique. This is where, Dwayne, you get to take over the show. We are asking for guest recommendations, reviews. Bartender recommendations. That's right. You can tell about food, drink, restaurants you love, anything that you think we should change on the show, questions we didn't ask that we need to ask, anything. You are in charge here. Give us your recommendations. Awesome. So if anybody here is ever in you know Baltimore, I would highly recommend you steer away from the most popular places and visit, you know, like a dive bar, one of the more local bars. Big tourist trap town. Exactly. Big tourist exactly. Um, all the local bars have really great food, and all the, you know, the menus are curated to, you know, a Baltimorean. So, you know. So the, give give us give us some uh, local bars because when so, when you say, I'm sorry, when you say like, yeah, when you say tourist, I think like Fells Point. You know, I think Fed right. Hill. That's what I think when you say Damn. tourist. So, right. give us give us a couple uh, local dives that you would recommend. There's some good stuff in Fells Point, but I will say, um, the one bar that we spoke about earlier on Moravia Hazelwood Inn is yeah. actually a really good bar. They are great. Um, they have really great food. They have a, a really nice happy hour menu that's super cheap. 
you won't spend a bunch of money. Me and my friend, we went in, we had like, you know, maybe three shots a piece, you know, a couple beers, a bunch of food, and we probably spent like $160 mm. max, right? Um, that's between the two of us. And then another one I recommend is, you know, Todd Connors in Fells Point. Todd Connors is another really good one. Uh, they have really great food curated for the Baltimore area. One um, of our former guests, Matt Marion. Yeah. Oh, uh, you can't say his name, though, you idiot. Rich, one of our former guests. Dick. Rich. Dick. Dick, old dirty dick. Thanks a lot. There's my editing. For used this to episode. work at Todd Connors. It's all right. Mark the fucking timestamp, you piece <laughs> of shit. Anyway, Todd Connors is amazing. Amazing. Todd Connors is really great. Um, we would also love to recommend Ibar to everybody who comes to yes. Baltimore. Of course, they have yep. you know a really great menu uh, in terms of food, and all the food is really great. You're gonna go here for food and overloaded drinks, right? And dude, yeah. they give it away. They I mean, give it away. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's two dollar. You call it and, yep. and two dollar drafts. I yeah. mean, so you can get with ten dollars, you could get three Jamesons and two. Drafts. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's they absolutely it away. crazy. They, they, when, they Steve and I, when Steve and I lived in Charles Village, Ibar was literally right down the street. We would walk there. Yeah. It was a staple. Yeah. Yeah. Ibar is yeah. amazing. They have really great food, so I'd really recommend that to everybody. All right. Well, that's good. What, recommend a bartender for the show. You already kind of talked about Danielle. We should definitely get Danielle on. But anybody else that, like, we have, that you feel personality-wise we have to have on the show. Who do we have to have on the show? Danielle. Uh, da- Danielle, first and foremost. Yeah, we definitely Danielle. have to have Danielle. Yeah, tell on the us show. a little bit more about Danielle. She she's great. She where she work? She works for BCPS Office okay. of Equity. Um, so she's great at communicating. She loves to talk about you know all sorts of things across the spectrum, whether it be you know you know actual bar stuff or you know just recreational activities, and she'll even you know take place in all those you know. Uh, a little bit more risque uh, conversations as well. Okay. So she's, okay. She's not afraid. She's not to afraid. Cavalier with it. Exactly. She's okay, not afraid like at all. Um, she can make a great drink. She knows how to work her way around the bar, and she also is really good at just you know making sure everybody has a good time. Right. That's so awesome. She's a great time on herself. She's really relatable. So. That's Bravo definitely down. one person I recommend, Danielle. We will have You've to been track. called out, Danielle. Yeah, that's right. We will have to track you down. Please come on the show. We'd we love will to have find you. you. Okay. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have to be like that. but I right. still have my cat in my hands. I feel like the evil <laughs> villain. I was wondering what you were doing with the elbow there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you already made that joke. <laughs> I'm going to make it five more times. All right, closing question. This is how we always end the show. Mike, why don't you tee him up for the last questions here? Um, we always ask our guests... Just a couple last questions. The first one being, why do you still do this? AKA, why do you fucking hate yourself? I hate myself for a number of reasons. <laughs> I honestly Mike can really relate. <laughs> hey, come on, don't pull my Honestly, spot there's up. a number of reasons why I still do this. I do this because I love to communicate communicate with people. I love talking out things. I love, you know, being exposed to a number of different different personalities. And then I also just love being creative, right? You have, there's a certain duality to being a bartender. You have that, you know, opportunity to just talk to all different, all sorts of different people from all sorts of walks of life. And then you have the opportunity to, 
you know, actually hone your craft where, wherever, wherever that would be, you know, like alcohol is, there's just so many things you can do with it. Right. And the one thing about alcohol that makes me feel great is the fact that it makes other feel, other people feel great. Right. Um, duality is an interesting word. Yeah. Is it, is it's an interesting choice because you're right. You know, People can come in, you can serve them, and you can have a complete disconnect with them, right? Mm -hmm. They can have their drink and have their time and have their party, and you don't have to be involved. Exactly. It's transactional only. It is you make the drink and they have their fun. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But the other side of that is when you can be the conductor and and the person orchestrating that fun and being more involved. And every guest makes the decision of how far they let you in. Mm -hmm. The question is, you as a bartender or a server or any other person in the service business, how far are you willing to go or creative are you willing to be or fun mm -hmm. or intimate or involved with that person's experience? Absolutely. And that, that is the at least on our side of the pipes, the transaction we're making, I think why we're all so obsessed with this business, mm -hmm. why we get off on it, because when it's good, oh it's man, amazing. it's fucking good. It mm -hmm. feels like you are the literal Pied Piper. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> and, um, and it can be even more than just a control situation. I just mean like, that's where it starts, where you feel like you're really playing the notes that people are responding to, right? You almost, in some weird way, feel like a musician on stage, and as a, it, yeah, no, you're uh, you're, you're 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 you become a part of their experience, and they're paying you for it, Absolutely. which is really when nice. they love it, man. When they love it, and you love it, and you feel like you've gotten to be creative and play all those notes, man. That's when it's the best. It's rare. You don't always get that, but it feels like every now and then that night comes around or that patron comes around and you get to play those notes it's mm -hmm. the best it's the best but um all right uh not to get too emotional here but that Don't was an unbelievable you. wrap up my friend i've Absolutely. really enjoyed doing this Thank and i knew that you would bring a certain existential quality to this podcast i feel like you have a certain depth to you and i knew that we would have fun. We would talk about the exploding watermelons, mm -hmm. but we would get <laughs> we would get to a point that we talked about the true nature of how we feel about this business, Absolutely. and that's why I was excited to have you on. Um, the last question we ask every single guest is: If you opened a bar, what would you call it? Or what would the theme be? The theme. I yeah. I actually thought about this earlier. Honestly. Um. If I were to have my own bar, I would probably, honestly, don't hate me for this, but I would probably call it the Nightcap. And the thing don't would be not at the Roxbury. <laughs> Come the fuck on. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, so I want to create the best experience for people. I want to create a, an environment for all people to have a great time. I want everybody to just, you know, get out of their shell, and just laugh a bunch. Can I make one suggestion? Yeah. Okay. There's a bouncer. You have to have a cue because it's Night at the Roxbury, okay. right? Like, you can't have a Night at the Roxbury where just, like, anybody comes in, right? There has to be a cue. Yeah. Right? I can, and, can I have a bouncer? Can and, I choose a bouncer? And the way that you get into the bar, okay, 
is you have to do it the uh, you have to do a night at the Roxbury impression. Yeah. So every single person that comes in has to go dun 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 dun. Yeah. And and listen, if you don't put enough effort, the the bouncer's the judge, right? right. Like if you don't have the passion for it, if you're not head bobbing in the way that you need to head bob, mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry. Can I choose my bouncer right now? Try again. Who is it? Terry Crews. <laughs> I'm gonna wear my old Terry spice. Terry Crews is my bouncer to, of uh, my bar. Terry Crews, I need to have him. I'm gonna wear my old spice if I ever come to the nightcap. My, I gotta be honest with you. That's the first. Uh, that's a very unique answer to this question. We've had a lot of answers uh, to this question. A lot I saw. I still have questions. Like, is it like the night of the Roxbury where there's street signs on the inside, you know, and parking places, you know? So we're we're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of lights, right? We want a lot of ambient lighting. We want a lot of neon lights as well. I also see a lot of lights, like exactly you know, with the twirly ones that are yeah. like shooting past your head. You know, that we kind want of thing. we want all of that. You know, extravagance, right? We also want to be able to create a space for people to enjoy cocktails. Oh, I thought you were gonna say coke. Uh, I feel <laughs> like you know <laughs> the, the bathroom. You know, we're not gonna hurt. close our bathrooms down if they want to go. Into the bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny on the last. Well, ironic on the last episode we were talking about customized bathrooms for. For such debauchery, but um, what a great idea. I mean, look, uh, for those in the bar business, I mean, you have to be a little bit nostalgic about Night at the Roxbury. It's it's a truly a film about uh, love, love for the nightclub scene, and and, yeah. and you have to have a little bit of nostalgia. Oh my Christ, the microphone is down. First time. What is love, baby? baby don't, don't hurt, hurt me. me. <laughs> don't hurt me. No, no more. more. Bow, 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 bow. All right. Well, before we can absolutely kill this rendition of Night at the Rodsbergers, <laughs> baby, don't hurt me. Dwayne, thank you. An absolutely. unbelievable episode, an unbelievable time, man. Thank you for hanging out with us. It's what, my pleasure. Uh, thank you for sharing these stories. Absolutely. It was a great time. Is there anything you want to say to the people before we give them the button? I would always say just drink until you feel good. That's all I can say. <laughs> That's all I can say. That's I all I can say. I can't say it better. I can't I can't say anything more. Baby don't hurt me <laughs> no more. Alright, fuck off. <laughs> hey everyone, thanks for listening along and thanks for drinking along. We hope you enjoyed the show and if you did we release new episodes whenever we can. Or whenever we fucking want to. <laughs> A big shout-out to our friends at Trauma Parlor, whose song Fast One you heard throughout the show. Go check them out there on Facebook and Spotify and show them some love. Damn right. And if our voices sound a little different, that's because we are recording this outro about a month after we did these episodes. Um, <laughs> if you want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at BRP Drinkalong. You can listen along on Google Pod, Apple Pod, YouTube, and Spotify at the Bartender Rant Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review super important that's what helps share our show it's the best way to help us grow and uh and reach new listeners so that that's something we really need you guys to do subscribe rate review please uh the more ratings and reviews the faster we climb up the charts and as always mike and i really need the personal validation yeah that's that's true you know i think we should try the uh reverse psychology approach and just start saying we don't want you to rate and review don't Don't, whatever you do don't don't give us five stars do not don't give do us it. five stars or don't I will come it. to your house. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'll do when I get there, but I will come there. 
Um, all right, it's your line, buddy. Yeah, and don't forget, if you are a Spotify user, uh, be sure to check out our BRP playlist on uh, our Spotify profile. we got some really cool playlists on there. We've got one coming up for Halloween, so that's just something fun we'd like to, to do to share with you guys. So uh, all songs are, uh, excuse me, and then we have the uh, BRP Industry Night playlist, which all those songs are chosen by each guest. So they all get to pick three songs. So if you really resonate with a certain guest, hop on that playlist and see what music they listen to. Our incredible, incredible guests that make the show so much fun. Uh, do you want some kick-ass show merch, Michael? Uh, yes, yes. I, of I course really you do, and so do all the listeners. So I'm going to tell them how they can get this sweet show merch. Check out all of our amazing swag, courtesy of Campo Design Co. at prodigydtg.com backslash bartender rant. And if you just want to hang out with Mike and me, Join us the first Monday of every month for our virtual industry night happy hour. Have some drinks, meet some fellow barflies, listen to our guest bartender playlist, and tell Mike and I how much we suck at podcasting and how much you hate the fact that we do like three to four weeks between every episode. Make sure <laughs> to follow us on social media for all the links to the Yeah, and if you are drinking long right now, I don't know if you could hear, but the, the train just went by. So It's an all drink. Up, bitches. Uh, if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Rant podcast on Patreon. VIPs are always going to have a seat at our bar. You're going to get access to bonus content like the Boilermaker tapes, which you got a, a fresh taste of that uh, with the bubblegum story. Uh, you get Ranch versus Blue Cheese crank calls, special releases, and so much more. That's right. And if you want to be a big tipper, a.k.a. one of our Bozells, feel free to leave a tip on PayPal under the Bartender Rant podcast at gmail.com. If you do, we will list you as one of our producers and shout out your drink or phrase or anything you want to say. Uh, maybe not anything, but something that you want to say here. Now, this is where we shout out one of our Bozells for this week. I'm actually going to use this time to just tell all you listeners out there that if you're frustrated that it's taken three weeks for us to release another episode, it's because Mike and I are poor and we are struggling and we love you in this podcast, but we are just, we're, we're holding it all together with uh, Elmer's glue and, and, and fucking popsicle sticks. And sometimes I we're huffing the Elmer's glue. I've, yeah, that's too expensive. Sometimes, to the <laughs> sometimes we're huffing the glue. So if you really want to support the show, see a little bit more consistency, please help us. Um, help us help you. Mike and I do this because we love the industry and we want to bring you great content, but this is not our day job. With your help, we can keep the stories coming and interview local bartenders from coast to coast. And as always... Don't just listen along, drink along. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their National Helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along, but more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, please reach out to the International Helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you, if you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast, and we want you to stick around, and Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you, and we'll see you on the next episode.
Thank you for calling the Bartender Rant Podcast Suggestion Box. Have you recently been the victim of a dreadful customer, a thoughtless coworker, or an inconsiderate manager? If so, then the Suggestion Box is here for you. Leave a voicemail venting your frustration and include any suggestions you have on how your situation could have been resolved. That's right, Steve. And don't forget to follow the Bartender Rant Podcast to hear our reactions to your service industry stories. And as always, drink along.